center one. Okay, now it's kind of at an angle like this, and it's starting to kind of straighten up, and I'm looking directly at the face of the pilot, and it's looking directly back at me, but before it's looking at me, what I see is this. It's doing this, and it comes across like that, and it's putting something across like a screen that's in front of it. And this is, this is like, this thing looked like it was about seven to eight foot tall. It was a very large gray. All this and more coming up on this episode of the Truth Seeker Podcast. Really quick, before we get started, if you are blessed by this ministry, if you're blessed by this platform, anything that I bring to the table, I ask you to partner with me via Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash truthseeker and you unlock rewards. My entire discography of music, webinars, meditations, weekly hangouts, and so much more. Patreon.com backslash truthseeker. Go check it out. Won't you come, come and take me away? I just want to be with you. Won't you come, come and take me away? To replace the mark on trouble seas. Faith to stand when I don't Locked into the Truth Seeker Podcast. Gargoyles, psychics, everything's ungodly. Dark savage. Streaming live at truthseeker.com. She's not a Christian. Give it up, y'all. Your portal to the paranormal, esoteric, and all things spiritual. She's tampering in dark savage stuff. And now, your host, Ladies Truth and gentlemen, Seeker. welcome to the Truth Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Truth Seeker. Excited and delighted to be with you guys for another episode we're talking about UFOs and things that are um, inhabiting, living in our atmosphere, and the there's a lot of activity. A lot of stuff's happening right now, and people are catching a lot of strange things on camera. And it's been something that we've looked at just nuts and bolts, metal objects and those things in the uh, UAP, UFO, aerial phenomena kind of stuff. But um, my guests today have caught some really interesting things on footage. And uh, man, we're going to dive into it. We're going to discuss it, break it down, theories, what comes with the sightings. They are producing documentaries, movies, all of this stuff. We're going to dive really deep into it. Welcome to the podcast, Terry and Donald. Brothers, how are you guys today? Looking forward to jumping in. Uh, to this discussion with you, right up my alley. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so, Donald, you produced the documentary or movie entitled "The Middle," correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just break, I'll just give you the backstory on that. Uh, so, in I have a, a podcast called Alien Strand Podcast uh, that I started in 2019. Um, about a few months later, probably in November, December, this was in June, June July, uh, uh, November, December, Terry Lynch got a hold of me through that podcast, through other friends. Uh, so he started sending me this information on, he lives in Oregon, up there in Lapine, Oregon. So, uh, and right next to a, a dormant volcano called Lapine, uh, I mean, called uh, Paulina Peak. So um, one day he just 
you know, was looking through his uh, GPS, his phone and uh, Google. So he started sending me images of something that he had found up there. Now, mind you, he hadn't gone up there yet because of the snow is so deep over there. So, so much. And it, and it just snows so, so darn much up there. It's just, it's, you can't get up there until summertime. So anyway, um, he sent me the, the photos and everything that he found. And then, uh, you know, I was blown away by what I've seen. And I was like, oh my God, that's, people have to see this. So uh, apparently he found a geoglyph that's about the size of a, of a two-story house um, on on the side of this mountain uh, that was uncovered, right, uh, by debris or, or, or everything that it was buried, in other words. So when uh, uh, I told Terry, I said, you know what, we, we got to get this out to the world. And uh, Took us about a year and a half after that we him planned for it because it, it of course it's very expensive to make documentaries and and uh, we had to get the right camera equipment i was doing videography at the time but it wasn't full blown videography i mean like a movie sort of state so um, i had to invest in some nice cameras and then uh, you know we we planned it for uh you know last year so we went up there in uh, uh in august 1st we got there august 1st took us we drove from texas i'm from corpus christi texas so it took us about uh, three to four days to get up there, Oregon. We stopped and we did interviews with people in uh, New Mexico and uh, in Arizona uh, because Terry pointed me to all these people that were seeing the same things uh, kind of coincided with what he was seeing because not only did he, did he find these geoglyphs up there, he was also catching uh, these UAPs or UFOs going over that, that area, right? Uh, and so I told him, I said, you know, let's, let's get this on film. Um, and of course, we went up there uh, after we interviewed everybody, got everybody's footage. So everybody that watches this film in the middle is going to see their footage as far as uh, UAP videos, uh, anything like that. Still, still photography that's been analyzed by uh, Chris Hamill. Of course, he's on there as well. And then we have uh, we have a, a guy on there. His name is uh, Ken Wells Jr. Uh, he's an author on petroglyphs, and, and he's a professional at what he does. Been doing it for over twenty years. So we put petroglyphs, you know, which is the, the native uh, paintings that people have done throughout the ages on, on walls, uh, and we kind of put everything together with the geoglyph, uh, and the story kind of comes all together in this uh, documentary. Wow! Wow! I had the I had the the um, I say privilege, underprivileged right now to to breeze through it to check it out to see if this would make a good interview. But I've been so slammed. I picked it up enough to say, okay, this is something new that you guys are bringing to the table, something a little bit different, um, which which we need. We need everybody's piece of the puzzle. And so um, I knew this would be a, a great talk. I'm experiencing very similar things, catching it on camera. I don't know how you reached out to me. Was it one of um, my videos that 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 were, were going viral for catching some of the stuff on on camera that you saw on Facebook or was it this local podcast? Uh, or? I'm sorry, I saw something on uh, YouTube. I think okay. uh, you have a YouTube channel, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I think I saw it there, and then I went to. Uh, I like to go through all the podcasts or UFO, you know, anything you know that's to the unknown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, related and and you know. Uh, I like to, we, we, we like to come together as one. So that's why I reached out to you and I said, you know what, this would be a great topic for him to, to talk about today. Yeah. All of this stuff is, uh, is coming to the forefront, obviously, and the, the, you know, the, the government and our news, you know, sprinkling a narrative out there kind of thing, you know, so people are definitely interested, but people are having their own uh, experiences as well. So I, I've, I've been going out filming 
just with a cell phone. But the okay. cell phones now are, there is no just with a cell phone. They're really souped up. You know, they're shooting documentaries with cell phones and being able to catch some very interesting things on camera myself and bringing them back. Being a video editor, I do music and edit my own music videos and documentaries too. So I dragged this footage in after seeing wild stuff in our skies. Um, and I'm finding very insane looking things in the sky that are doing all types of, it, there's a, it's like a whole nother world up there uh, right. that, that we, we can see, you know, clearer at certain parts of the year. My introduction to ufology was definitely during the night. You know, it was one of the things you wait. And so we, I couldn't wait for the sun to go down to get out there under the stars and start seeing things moving. And so whether it was a cloudy day or you had to wait all, all day and stay up late or wake up early. But now with just within the last few months, I'm finding that most of the activity has been during the day. You know, so it's, man, I've been waiting all these years to go out at, at night. But during the day is when it seems to be active. Terry, right. you're, you're shaking your head, brother. What are That's you right. catching on camera? And what are you experiencing with these catches, man? Well, uh, first thing first thing is, I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. I am Nikon. Okay? I use Nikon gear. Um, I, what I do is I like to take and, and speed up the, the uh, the, you know, you, you speed up how fast your, your camera can, can take the pictures and capture the frames. And what that does is it gives you a slow motion effect. And I'll, I'll sit there and I'll focus. It, anybody can do this, by the way, with a cell phone, just like you said. Uh, that's exactly where I started with the cell phone. During the daytime, if you, if you just point in one spot, you don't have to chase every direction, uh, which everybody seems to want to do. They want to just try and look everywhere. The fact of the matter is the things that they move in geometry, okay? They move, they move, they'll do this, then they corner like this. So what you need to do is you focus your camera on one side. I like to take the, the chemtrails off of a jet, and that, that way I can focus in. It gives you gives you a far away point that you can focus with the camera. Okay? Now, once you're lined up on that, you're focused in. Anything that passes in front of your camera, in front of or behind that chemtrail, is going to show up. Uh, you'll see it moving past. See it move past jet. See it move. That's that's the only thing I can actually see good about chemtrails on a jet is you use them as a as a way to focus your camera on the sky. Um, Thanks for putting them there. <laughs> it gives me it gives me something to aim at because the plane's moving too fast. But yeah. I mean, you, you can focus on a plane, at least for a while. You can focus in on it. But it's a lot easier, again, like I said, to focus in on the chemtrail behind the plane. So once you're focused in on that, you find yourself a location that you know that they pass on. I call my location the Cascadia Passage, okay? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a line between Mount Shasta and Mount Aspen. It's a straight line. And if you go up onto the top line of peak, right where the Cascadia guides are that I've located, you can see Shasta and Adams from that location. Now you've got this really long run down all these volcanoes. And when you set your cameras up uh, on a higher speed, you like again, you slow it down and you start capturing things that are diving, diving in out of the sky, 
and moving right along the top of the wood line. Uh, you see things that are moving along the ridge lines. Now, are you uh, seeing this in real time on the camera, or do you have to go back and dissect it afterwards? Most of the time, you have to go back and, and dissect it on the cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, this is this is one of those situations where um, this is daytime, mind you, daytime, uh, because they're usually they move. I, I like to call it twenty-two miles a second as the speed that they're moving at. Um, that that puts them. I think it's about twenty-two thousand miles an hour. I could do the math. Anyway, they're really moving, man. I mean, they're really moving. If you if, even even with your camera uh, uh, doing this this slow mo thing, you're lucky to even catch yeah. it in part of a frame. Yeah, some of them they're are faster than others, right? Yes, that's right. Now and then, then again, there's other ones that are moving really slow, and, and this, these are the ones that we see at night. The orange orange ball that looks like a uh, campfire in the sky. And they kind of pulsate a little bit. You don't really hear much. You might hear a low, uh, like there's a mm. I put out something called a D1 sharp hypothesis on this. Um, and, and basically what that was is it, it, it means the, that the, the craft is moving. All of these crafts are moving on magnetic flux tubes, if, if you understand a little bit of physics. All of the crafts are moving on magnetic flux tubes. Uh, what they do is, is you got a flux tube that's above the craft and below the craft. And in our case, uh, uh, they, they attach to to the ionic above us and they attach to the mass of Earth below us. Uh, I call that my, that's another one of mine, I call that one the IDOD, inner diameter, outer diameter. And the craft is in the middle of those two positions. And what happens is, is they go into what's called uh, a quantum lock. This is how the craft stays up and down. Once you put once you put magnetic flux tubes around the superconductive material, it removes mass. It takes the weight completely away from it. There's no mass. Doesn't matter how that object is. You could do it to an aircraft carrier. You wouldn't have any mass to it because it's inside of the magnetic flux basket, which is completely around the craft. And if you notice on some of these, you'll see fingers. What looks like fingers going this way. And fingers going like this as the craft goes by. You see, you see these things on top and the bottom as they move. It looks like fingers almost. And what it's doing is it's walking across the sky on magnetic fluxes. Now, when when this is this is where the the mind blower part is because there's a couple of things that happen here. One, you have magnetic repulsion, which is the opposite of of, uh, of uh, magnets trying to pull together. It's like a magnet flipped over and pushing away. So when you take a magnet, you have repulsion, you cock it at almost a 45 degree angle, it's gonna to start to push that way, okay? Um, this is why we have a hard time catching those things because we have jets that do these big wide turns and these guys go this way, they stop and they go this way. And they outrun us. We say, we say there's nothing in physics uh, that, that can explain this. It's nothing in physics that explains this, okay? They're, they're taking it, they're going from the power source of Earth, they're going up to a, a safe location above mountain ranges or right to skin the mountain range, or they even lock themselves into a position to where they stay a certain height above terrain, because you can also see them doing that going along the edge of a mountain, right? Like a, like a fly. Really? Okay. Moving along something. Okay, so what happens here 
as they go up to their safe altitude, all right, they release the bottom magnetic flux tubes from the Earth. They reattach to the ones in the ionosphere, and they're up here now. Okay. Once they release these magnetic flux tubes on the bottom, they disappear like that because Earth rotation. Now, the craft is staying still, but the Earth is turning. The craft isn't moving at all. The craft just released from the Earth, and it's staying stuck to the atmosphere up here. And then you have the Earth doing a rotation underneath. Now, the closer you are to uh, center mass, uh, the uh, equator, uh, the faster that craft's going to take off. The further north you go, the slower the craft's going to take off. Or the further south you go, the slower the craft's going to take off. Um, there's a there's a very good reason why the U.S. Navy is having such a problem, and that's the uh, theater where where they were seeing the tic-tac and all that, and all those that are there. I call that's another one of my hypotheses. I call the exit of the equator, and that has you clear out that uh, uh, have a have a and uh, let's see how that's a chain. There's a whole chain of islands out past. Okay, Easter Island's over here. That's part of it. Uh, you, you start going this way. It starts to separate out. And what ends up happening, you end up, as they're coming in onto the equator over this island chain, they start to fan out to slow down their craft's uh, speed. So now you can either go north or you can go south, which would put you like, I don't know, Dinosaur National Monument or to the north or to the south would put you... Uh, right around Puma Punka, okay? So now you, you see where this exit is, how, you, how it's coming off of there, and why every time the Navy goes out there, they see all this crap? It's because these things are coming in from that location. Now, if you look at the bottom of the ocean floor, uh, you'll see all these lines that shoot just like out at Nazca, the Nazca lines, okay? So you, you everybody sees lines, we all try and figure out what are these lines? Uh, a lot of people would say, well, that's where submarines were going by and sonar was hitting the bottom of the ocean floor, and they just ping, ping, ping as they're going along. Well, these lines are a lot older, and they, some of these lines lead to cities in the ocean. Uh, some of these lines go over things that are lost in the ocean. And what this is, is these are the lines that those UFOs, the UAP, is, they're connected to the bottom with uh, the magnetic flux tubes that are going down. And this goes back to my D1 sharp where they it's putting out this tone. Now the tone's walking like a footprint bu, 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 as it's walking. You turn up the, you turn up the, uh, uh, um, oh, shoot, what is it? It's uh, how many intervals that, that the uh, tone would have. It would be coming down like boom, 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 boom. Like the sine wave up almost. That, and it will allow you to move faster. You slow it down and you would move slower. And every one of these magnetic flux tubes that are going down are acting as a wave guideline, shooting that uh, D1 sharp down to the surface. Um, if you look at any of the uh, ancient uh, uh, petroglyphs that, that you would see like down uh, Dinosaur National Monument or, or you see some of them, there's other ones where you see it looks like a spiral. It looks like the universe. Yeah. Okay. And then, then it looks like a sun. And, you know, you see all kinds of different things. But they, they all have the same look. That's what D1 Sharp looks like when you're sitting there and you're putting it down onto uh, Primenics. Do you talk about the tone? 
D shocks. Yeah, yeah, tones. Yeah, absolutely. Tones. The tones of my truck. Um, okay, so now there's there's other things too. All the vibration that humans and things we have a we have a vibration to ourselves. If you were to take, say, a bowl of water and catch the sun on it and have it hit the ball, right? And you're not touching it, you're just looking at it, you see just a like a, a reflection like this. And then you go over there and you just touch two fingers, put two fingers right on the edge of that bowl, you'll start seeing your vibration mm. in that reflection. Okay. These are the ancient telephones that these yeah. guys had. We didn't we didn't have this. We wow. had uh, we had everything natural, chakras, man, if you if you want to say it. Uh, you, we had we had all these ancient ways of doing things mind you terry uh like i said what, what you're hearing right now he didn't know any of this none of this he didn't know anything about science uh anything like this you know uh, the 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 quantum physics everything that you're hearing him say right now he didn't know he didn't know anything uh, this was he was like i said before he was just a, a regular guy working a job um, you know, going to work every day, coming home, you know, drinking beer and shooting guns out there. That's what they were doing back then, you know. He was That's right. We were... Until he actually, uh, there was a craft that at 530 in the morning uh, with him and his son in the car, they came upon and it was just like literally right in front of them, literally hovering like maybe 100 feet above them. So uh, when that happened to him, something kind of opened up in his mind, kind of... Uh, brought him to uh thinking okay i need to find out how this thing is working what is this thing I, I don't know what it is i've never seen anything like this before of course it scared the hell out of them uh they sat there maybe for about five minutes and they took off like a bat out of heck you know what i mean just took off so they they didn't uh, he didn't understand it until after they got to work because they were heading to work at 5 30 in the morning there was an eclipse uh lunar eclipse that that evening oh. uh, so, and they were able to, to catch something that people just don't get to see up close, you know what I mean? Or experience up close. This is how close Terry was to this craft that he can actually see the pilot inside of this. Craft. Really? Yes. Okay. Looking, looking at him. They looked at each other. Uh, yeah, we were eye to eye. They had eye to eye contact, literally. Oh, and, eye to eye contact. And Terry says that it actually smiled at him in a sense. So, it did. <laughs> so it, it's, how do you explain that to somebody, you know, that uh, eight foot or 10 foot gray sitting there, you know, whatever it is, uh, looking at you and, and uh, in, a, in, a, in a large craft that's just kind of separating with each other. You make contact with it. You learn its technology and you learn how to call it back to show up. That's what exactly. it sounds like what they're teaching. Something about that's what it taught me. That's what they're, they're telling you their phone number. Um, in the Bible, in many ancient texts, it's it's a, it's their names. It's their because their name is their vibrational frequency. Their signature is their phone number. How to call them is is to know their vibrational frequency, so you can move your heart to a place of love. Uh, whatever fasting, many different ways to position yourself to be in communication with beings. It seems like that are f way beyond move faster that's i can't even think as fast as they move that is the thing that it blows my mind there's like there is because there's some things we're catching on film and i'm sure you guys are too it looks like wars and things but i'm talking about i'll, I'll do what you're doing film a five minute clip if that and slow it down 90 percent, which turns into um a three-hour clip 
a five minute clip or let's just say let's just say a five second clip turns into like 30 minutes to an hour of all just communication this comes here talks to that one gives it something involved it unfolds and turns into something else and flies like all of the, it looks like a movie but this is in that, two that seconds what saying. is how do we wrap our minds around such information yeah that, I, that un go ahead jerry that unfolding that you're saying when you see them unfold like that um what's happening is they're going up and, and it's, it's a good example. Uh, when you're looking at that film, I want you to notice if there's something coming out of the center of these craft when, when they're doing this unfolding. What, what, I, what I've gathered, what I found through some of my research is that when they unfold like this, they're throwing a counterweight out. And that counterweight's unleashing uh, magnetic flux tubes down to the earth, and that allows them to turn on a dime just like that that they grab onto it, they're moving at that full speed, they're waiting to hit that one line where the flux tubes are gonna, gonna extend out the next direction. And even even in, a, was it a Jody Gordon's uh, last trap that we just witnessed, uh, Annabel Keonis and I were observing that, and we both noticed that as the craft's moving along, you see it kind of change its shape a little bit, and then you see what looked like a light shoot off. And then when that light, right after that light shot off, bam, the craft started going that direction. Yeah. So it's like it's throwing out a lasso of magnetic flux in a direction to turn. So you're moving this way, and then the lasso's out like that, and they shoot it out, and bam, it goes that way. And it's, it's following all these lines. Think about it like this. Like, uh, you've seen them funny videos where people tie up a rope to a bicycle and they're trying to steal it and it just stops and boom, they, they, they fall and, off. Yep. Well, that's, that's what it is. It's like a pull. It's going to, it stops it and it turns on a dime. Yeah. And that's what we have video of that. I mean, literally uh, I show one in, in the actual movie where it goes up and it, it twists and then it, it turns out, it goes a different direction inside the cloud. This is a, a video by Jody Gordon. Uh, a lot of these videos that you're going to see inside the movie, the middle uh, has all this footage in there. And yeah. of course the main topic of this, of that, uh, the film is, is about the Cascadia guides. It's the guides. There, something is attracting, uh, Whatever put these uh, stone, they, they look like two two stone uh, uh, people, kind of like aliens in a sense. They have alien heads, but they're back to back with each other on top of a 8,000 foot uh, mountain. So we had to go 8,000 feet above sea level up there. And, you know, it was during the summer, you're thinking you're right. Down here in Texas, it's 90 to 100 degrees. But when we were up there, it was like 52 degrees and raining. So, uh, and it's, it's just the, the elements and then it's hard to breathe up there too. Yeah. So every five minutes we had to stop and take yeah. a break, but this is what attracts them where Terry's at literally, uh, the, the, the craft go over this area and they, we've got a, a video of Terry's that you can kind of see the craft go over Paulina. It stops, it turns it in, it throws a light right to that where the, the guides are at and they take off with an instant. So. If you want to catch a lot of these UFOs or UAPs on, on film, it's just like you said, you record for five minutes or it turns to 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, as videographers myself and like what you do, your own videos yourself and things like that. So you have a, a one frame, which is one second of a frame, right? So what we have to do is break that down into 10 sections, a tenth of each frame in order to see that, that craft. 
And and a lot of times say, well, it's a bug. A bug's going by. A lot of people always think they're bugs. Yeah, bugs and dust. Always a bug, huh? So if you and this is the, this is the key right here to learning. If you see a if you see a something go by within that one second of the frame, within one second, yeah, it's probably gonna be a bug. But if you don't see it within that one second, you have to break it down into ten sections in order to see it within that one second. Well, then you're looking at a, a UAP, a craft, something. You are definitely. Yeah, so, so, are we talking? Um, nuts and bolts are we talking metal are we talking bronze are we talking uh stones or are we talking uh, i think it's everything everything yeah. i think i believe it's everything i think we got basalt i think we got we got crafts that are made of basalt i think we got crafts that are probably wood i think we've got stuff that are made of uh of uh, almost like a, a, a fleshy material um i think that we've got stuff that are super conducting craft um i think that we've got a mix of everything I believe that everything that we're looking at is so much more ancient than we are. Uh, they live inside the earth. They absolutely live inside the earth. Every one of these volcanoes that you look at, every volcano you see is a hive. They live inside the volcanoes. And there's a firmament uh, that's, that separates, like everybody talks about the firmament that we have above our head, right? But right. you've all, you've kind of like been toying with just what you're mentioning now, another firmament that makes it to where us, in this in this state cannot go into the volcano or cannot go to the bottom of the ocean we can't pass through these different firmaments in this state unless they have a different ship or a bubble or they ascend their body vibrationally learn the tone whether it's in this life or the next who knows but there's I, something that separates the there's something that separates all of these realms but these beings or these gods or whatever you want to call them seem like they have the ability to go between all of the worlds, correct? Is that what you're yeah, experiencing? I, I, I call it a Rosen bridge. Uh, Dr. Albert Einstein and Dr. Nathaniel Rosen, um, they, they together uh, put together with general relativity and um, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Rosen, Nathaniel Rosen's uh, thin wall wormhole theories they put them two together to create what's called the Rosen Bridge. Uh, just recently, they revised it and stated that the Rosen Bridge is a success. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is the moment that they uh, uh, observed the first, actual first black hole, uh, that's when they were able to confirm the first Rosen Bridge, okay? Uh, both Dr. Einstein theories, uh, both proven correct now. Uh, general relativity has been proven correct. Uh, the, the, the applied sciences uh, to these things. Uh, we have a bullet train over over in Tokyo that, that moves on the same principles as the UFO craft. Um, I'm certain that the, that the craft are probably doing the same kind of thing when you take uh, a superconductive and you're moving it and it's, it's moving along at uh, uh, as it's this anti-gravity device that's moving with it, the second you put copper plating between it, it'll come into quantum lock and stop. So that's how they stop the bullet train is they use copper, okay? It's, it's, it's all simple. This is all old world, super yeah. old world stuff. If, so, if you were to, yeah, if you were to take, if you were to take uh, a copper wire and run what, like uh, 12 coils uh, and a coil all around each other from the start, kind of like that big spiral we were talking about, and you connect that down into the earth, and you take, uh, we'll go with lamb's wool, keep it ancient. 
take lamb's wool and stick it up in the top of the tree and bring bring a long line of that lamb's wool down and go to attach it to that copper wire. By the way, do it with rubber gloves on or you're going to get thrown. That's ancient power. That's that's what Nikolai Tesla was trying to tell everybody. Is that that, that seems like what the they're trying source. to tell us too. That's the weird thing. And, and you know, about free energy. Like it seems yeah. that that humanity has become enslaved by the powers that be um, voluntarily, little well, by yeah, little. We're the, ones, we're the only ones that pay to live here. Yeah, and so now, we're, you know, it was laughable, even in the early 90s, to think that one day we would pay for water. It was laughable that one day these people will be gullible enough that we can bottle water, something for free, and they will work whatever portion of the day in exchange to for money to get that water from us that they can freely get from God or from the ground from the heavens, wherever, all of these free technologies, free energy, like you're describing, primitive energy and technology that we're thinking is futuristic and advanced is very primitive, but it's been erased so that we put ourselves almost in this voluntary slavery, but they seem to be trying to teach crop circles. I'm having mm -hmm. experiences, you're talking about downloads and stuff like that, um, mm -hmm. with the bugs and energetic fields in my backyard that are swirling and the bugs get in it and make tornadoes and they're showing me like DNA and showing me energy and spirals everywhere and it's Fish, through birds, telepathic everything. download but they're using things around me and it is like far out but it's not just it sounds crazy for me and you to be talking about this but when we start owning it and exploring it, leaning into it a little bit. Now Natural. other people are like, oh, me too. Me too, wow, I'm seeing the same thing. I shared this one video of me catching some stuff and now I'm getting tons of footage submitted from people all over the world that are going out, filming the sun, filming there, and coming back with insane footage of anomalies that that is that someone's trying to hide from us. Let's just say that. Yeah, uh, I would. I don't know if you've seen uh, down in Mexico. It's a it's a volcano called Popocatapel, okay. and there's there's an actual live feed on YouTube. You can sit there and watch it all day, all day long, <laughs> all day long. And they have been getting these long cylinder crafts going into that. And it's a live volcano. It's not dormant. It's alive. So it 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 spews every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but you'll see these craft go in there and come out. And go in there and come out. So whatever what Terry's saying exactly is what's happening with that with the Rosenbridge little thin wall wormhole. What they're kind of they're going into the earth. They're protected, you know, through that wormhole in a sense. Uh, and they're living in the in the yeah. in the earth somewhere. You know, there's uh, caves probably down there. You know, after they, you know, they're they're probably just living down in there. It, and they go in and out through these areas because they know we can't go in there. How, how far-fetched does it sound? I mean, I know nothing sounds far-fetched, even what we're talking about, but that they're trading resources. I'm because sure. they, like, I'm... Yeah. Are you catching any of that? Black Exchanges. Gold, things like that. Uh, crystals. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm sure, I'm certain that they're using all of these different things to to do what they need to do, but they, they're doing it, I would have to say that they're doing it on a, on a kind of a different level. They're using it as the, for their ability to do what they're doing. 
the speeds that they're moving. Um, I, I, I would like to see at some point, this is, this is, we're going to have to have somebody become a spokesman to these, these things. Um, I would like to see, like, we try and put together uh, some type of di diplomacy, you know? We're, we're seeing them. They're showing themselves to us. I think we already uh, are. We, we need to find a way to have some type of diplomacy with them so we can find out not only what they want, but some place where, where they feel safe to come in and talk. Um, I think we already uh, are. I think, it's, I think disclosure is happening, I would say from above, but from within. Like people, yes. like me and you and many people listening to this who are like literally at the edge of their seat. You know, yeah, and, and I was there for disclosure anymore. I'm, I'm yeah. as far as being able to um, get them to show up on command or by asking or learning their vibrational frequency, learning their name or learning their their hour. All, all of this stuff that's been mentioned in every holy book, including I'm a student of the Bible, that that's my text. And you're t we're talking everything that you've been mentioning and me from Genesis to Revelation. It's been in there the whole time, the different types of, of, of metals that the ships were made out of, all of this stuff, how to call upon them, their names that are hidden in a, in, a, in, a, in a vibrational frequency that is a tongue that is forgotten, that is not spoken anymore, but it's in the, the Sanskrit and, 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 and even a Hebrew tongue that's mentioned in the Bible, these vowels and vibrations, uh, you know, that, that the ancients knew about. Where did they get them from? They were either encoded in our DNA that was changed or they were in touch with some of these beings that they're starting to make shrines and statues. And, and we're talking about stuff that, that was able to withstand cataclysms because it was on a type of metal or a type of rock, like just like even what we're doing with like, you know, on the faces in Hollywood, how those, are like those mountains, supposedly there were already faces there. And that they could, when you know they came there, erased those faces and put new faces on there. So, whatever cataclysm, whatever happens, thousands of years, millions of years in the future, there's something that's engraved in stone that now you have a signature of maybe what these beings look like. Maybe their names or their signature is at the bottom. This is a lot of stuff that was in all of the ancient texts that are that are in the pyramids, all over the world, and. And the elites, they're hiding this information and technology from us, but it's coming to the layperson. It's not coming to the physicists. It's not coming to those who are trained. It's coming from those who are, who can't brag on their ability to, to figure this out on their own, that it has to be some type of intervention. You didn't go to school for this. You're easily dismissed. And, and this is like the, the people that Jesus chose in the Bible, these fishermen, these people who were rough around the edges who couldn't boast in their schooling, but, but they could boast in their schooling of meditation and that they were tapped in through the spirit. Before we started recording this, you mentioned that even this morning and, 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 and in the hours before the sunrise and just these few moments, you, you wake up and you're receiving messages, these divine epiphanies, divine knowings that are giving you what you need for the day. Like, and so that is the initiation. How many other people see these crafts every day? And ah, oh, it's just, I don't know what it is. 
But you yes, see no one, one, you're like, oh my God, what is that? We, you guys we've, been taught, we've been taught to not look through, through religion specifically. Yeah. We've been taught to not look at things like that. If you see things like that, it's probably witchcraft or it's a demon, a demon or it's uh, it's so crazy. Or now, see, if, if you completely shut your mind out, it's easy. It's easy to do that. If you completely shut your mind out. Now, if you're a Christian person and you open your mind and you take a look at that, you have a different outlook than yeah. than the, that one guy that's right. You know, it, you, you're better off, better off with an open mind. Because now you're starting to see things for what they really are. Uh, you see things. You see things like I call it the writing on the walls. When I start looking at the petroglyphs, or the, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. What you're seeing there is you're seeing you're seeing uh, things of Anunnaki when they when they were here walking around doing their thing. Uh, when you see all these giant doorways and all these things that were 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 meant for something that was much larger than our size. Okay, these were the things that were were here long before us. This was the the intelligent civilization, and then um, here comes my story. You ready for my story? Okay, Mars being Nibiru, yeah. because we decided to name it Mars and change it from Nibiru. Um, you've got Mercury, you've got Venus, you've got Earth, you've got Mars. Okay, Mercury wasn't quite born yet. What's happening is, is you've got Venus where where Mercury's at, and as as uh, uh, Venus or as Mercury being born, it pushes Venus out out into the spot where Eden or Terra was located, and it slowly pushes it into the place where Mars was at. Well, when Mars is being pushed out on that line, it's being pushed out, and it's losing its atmosphere, and as it's losing its atmosphere. Mr. Noah builds a great big ark and he starts loading up all the stuff that's on Mars that he can take with him. Okay? This is what's happening. Now, these people were very advanced. They're about to lose all their technology. They're going to have to start over in a minute, but they got this big craft. Part of the advancement is, is you know how a comet is formed? What happens is, is we've got, we've got a, a belt out there on the edge of our solar system and another star comes along and it creates this big magnetic push and it'll poof, it'll set off a couple comets. Okay? That's that's all because of a, a again magnetic repulsion. Okay? Not not prepulsion, magnetic repulsion for propulsion. Okay? So it's pushed off of this thing. And now it's shooting across our solar system. Alright? Well, I believe that Mr. Noah and was told you gotta do these things, we're gonna set this chain of events off. There's a bunch of dinosaurs. There's, uh, there's, uh, we got these giants that we call uh, uh, Anunnaki and things like that. Anyway, what what's happened here is it's moving into this place. That's about to lose all of its oxygen. This thing hits down by the Yucatan. Boom! Now we've got plate tectonics happening. There's floods. There's, uh, there's uh, ice age. There's all kinds of stuff taking place, killing off all this big stuff that's going to kill these little guys that are coming down there. Um, the, the craft that I'm talking about is, is a four and a half miles long, 4.5 miles long or wide and 14.5 uh, long. It's down on Antarctica 
And Antarctica is one of those magnetic pool locations where things come in from space where it gets sucked in by the big magnet of, of the bottom of our planet. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where, where we, we, we have to think about these ancient signs. By the way, that, that craft I'm talking about also has about a 700-mile-long slide trail behind it. Mm. You, can, you can clearly tell once you start coming down on Antarctica, there's this long, straight line. And once you get to the end of that long, straight line, here's this great big, what almost looks like the government's tried to cover up, but it's still there, image Over. of this giant craft. Yeah, it's a giant craft. Uh, huge. Um, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that. That's that's what I learned to see. Yeah, well, let, let me ask you this, this, this because... Giant geoglyph. You mentioned you mentioned the uh, the chemtrails, right? And that's with, you know it's a big a big deal, right? And uh, you mm -hmm. know what are they? What's going on? I've kind of took that as a um, as a pointer when to start filming. Once when, well, yeah, it's a, it when it's a clear day, and then all of a sudden from every angle, they're all headed towards the sun to block the rays of the sun. And so that's just kind of what I've been. I haven't really focused on, like I've been able to catch it in the light. I haven't been able mm -hmm. to focus on outside the light, which I need to because what you're talking about, because there's different types of beings or craft that, that are that are out there. They dip into the sun. They fly behind the sun. They do all types of weird things, as you know. But mm -hmm. I've taken the, the jets going to the sun to block it or to create a haze so we can't see something. Say, so, okay, they're trying to block something. Time to pull out the trusty cell phone. Let's pull out the tripod. Let's film. And then you catch, you're yeah. catching all types of things coming in and out of the sun, things being deposited into the sun, almost like a womb, if you will, just wild stuff that will blow your mind. But and then we're catching the, the chemtrails on, on camera and we're filming them. And sometimes you see these little things traveling like it's almost like yep. the, that our planes, our jets know these paths. That, that these beings or these things are going to come out a portal of the sun, wherever it is, and travel through, and they try to block it or cover it up so that we won't freak out with a wormhole or portal opening up and all of these things coming into our atmosphere. Because if you pay attention and film, you'll see things riding on the clouds through the chemtrails, like yeah. almost like little veins they are coming through that the jet flies, sprays it, blocks it, but they're using it almost as a, a highway or something. Have you seen a, a cloud? Uh, like, let's just say you see maybe one chemtrail or maybe two from jets that have been by. Then all of a sudden, maybe about five minutes later, you see a bunch like little little lines kind of going through it all the way across that yeah. chemtrail. Well, that's pretty much what you're talking about right there. That's it. Uh, they're they kind of like they're trying to hide like it, there. but it shows it. Yeah. Like you know, you know, it's kind of counter. I mean, obviously we can't see They're it in real time, anymore. but you, you start seeing these, these like vortexes and things in the clouds that, that, the, um, that the, the chemicals or whatever's in the chemtrail doesn't stick to. And, it, and you'll see these clear paths and portals and stuff that they're trying to hide it, but it's everywhere. And they don't, I don't know if they have the budget to hide it from everyone all the time, right? Right. Yeah. Everybody's cell phone's getting better too. Yeah. 
and the best way to catch these things, even if, if like, let's say you, you take a photo of it or a video of it, uh, there's analyzation of, of, of apps out there like Pixlr. Uh, these, these apps out there, what they do is you're able to change the image, change the contrast, bring out the, uh, the heat signatures, things like that, where you can actually see these craft and then zoom in and you'll, if you zoom into one of these things, I guarantee you 100%, you're going to find a little, little, like, it looks like a little, little around it. It's called electronic magnetic field that's around this thing. Yep. Uh, that's how you know it's real because you're always going to see that little ball, that little ball around the craft. And that's, that's the, the magnetic flux basket that's around it. That's it. So, uh, and when people are doing this at home, anybody can do this. It's even in, in our movie, like I said, it's in the middle. So there you in the middle. Yeah, we have a plane going across, and then you're going to see this huge craft go over it. You can't see it with the naked eye until you use this, uh, the, these uh, these filters in order to to see this stuff. Well, you get better at some of the naked eye stuff, right, Terry? Like, eventually, you kind of learn what to look for, whether it's like a little oh, yeah. flash out the corner or just a slight shadow movement, and you're like, that was something. We got something good. I can't wait to break the footage down kind of thing, right? You start learning with, of these That's little right. subtleties, if you will. Sometimes, sometimes now, sometimes I'll be I'll be uh, recording, and you're gonna love this one, the Tic Tac craft. Um, it's it's probably one of the most common. Uh, I, I'm gonna say around the coastlines, like West Coast to East Coast, but on the coastlines, you're gonna see that mostly around there because this is also a craft that goes down into the ocean. It's uh, this is the one that that the Navy has been playing with quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think they actually they go out and they, they look for these things now because they know that they're there ever since ever since the United States Navy got the uh, the new uh, radioactive. It's a it's a forward infrared radar. Uh, ever since they've got that, they can see these things. They didn't used to see them anymore. Now they all of a sudden they see these things lighten up underneath the crap. Like, where'd that come from? Or I just got passed by one or whatever. And they sometimes they'll see it because they may be going the same direction, or they'll be up high enough to where they can track and see it moving yeah. along. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they'll try and catch up to it. When that thing realizes that it's been observed, it it goes to straight and just disappears. I mean, it's and gone. And that's the weird 60 thing. Miles, they... Sixty miles away, uh, three seconds later. Um, <laughs> They're picking it up again from another aircraft carrier going, uh, how'd they get here so quick? You know? How do they know and that it, that they're being observed? Like whether it's by the Navy or even by you. Like that's right. the, there's like a, we, we have it built in us. We're, we're a part of all of them, I believe, to be honest with you. We, all of those metals, all of those, we have earth, air, fire, water, and spirit. Many of them are, are two different um, um, elements put together three different we're we're five for sure and then there's many we have gold in us we have so much right we're a combination and a relation of all of them that were created but so we tap into those spider senses but they know when they're being observed if one of them wants you to see it and like you ask you can see it make that connection i see you it's gone it like they like, sometimes i feel like they'll wait for you to see them and they'll acknowledge it and move on. What is that? Is that a, a connection like the ET movie that they were feeling each other's 
emotions, you know, these kind of things? What do you, what do you think is, is you with know, that? You know why I think that one smiled at me? Because I think I snuck up on it. I think I caught it by, by chance. I think we actually just caught it doing what it was doing. Um, it was like, like Donald was saying, it was me and my stepson. We're, we're going down as uh, Wilson and Nine in Bend, Oregon. It was 5.45 in the morning. It's, we, were, we were almost to work. And this craft was, uh, was five spheres. And the center sphere was a much larger sphere. Okay, the, the other, other four were, were smaller orange ball, like the, the orange ones that slowly go by. And there was a total of five of them. And they were right up over the top of a billboard over the top of train tracks on, uh, on Wilson Street. And as we're coming up on business way, that's where we're going to turn to go to work. Uh, this thing was just kind of sitting there like this right here. And we're, me and my stepson, Josh, dropped looking at this thing as we're pulling up to the turn lane. And the, I got a complete catch stop. And me and my stepson, we kind of looked at each other. And then we look back over at this damn thing, and we're just, now we're just kind of in awe of what we're seeing. And all of a sudden, I see this uh, small sphere. At this point, it was only four of them. I see this small sphere coming over, and it attaches over to the far side of the craft. And you see the whole, oh, you see the whole craft go whoosh like that. And then what ends up happening next is after after the thing attached, the whole thing starts looking like it's buoyant, like it's on water. And then it starts to list towards us. And as it starts to list towards us, here's the center one. Okay, now it's kind of at an angle like this, and it's starting to kind of straighten up. And I'm looking directly at the face of the pilot. And this looks directly back at me. But before it's looking at me, what I see is this. It's doing this, and it comes across like that. And it's putting something across like a screen that's in front of it. And this is, this is like... This thing looked like it was about seven to eight foot tall. Um, it was a very large gray. And it was inside um, of a sphere. What's that? It was inside of a sphere? It was inside of a sphere. So a bunch but of the it, spheres. It was looking at me. It was looking at me through some type of window screen, you know, that type of thing. I could. It, it Were was, they a part of a larger ship, or did they themselves connect and make a ship? It was, it was one, one large sphere, two small spheres, Two small spheres in a V formation. Okay, if you got that picture in your head, think of think of uh, uh, Jupiter and, and its moons. Okay, think about Jupiter and its moons. Sometimes you'll see it. And it looks like there's it's a big ball with uh, two and two, and it makes like a V. It actually looks just like that. Um, then you put you put a, a, a large gray face in the middle of the center one. And that's what I had. Anyway, this thing, it looks at me and smiled at me. When it smiled at me, that's when things changed. Now I know it's looking at me. And I, I dumped the clutch on my car and I got the hell out of there just as quick as I possibly could. Um, I, I didn't want to be late for work, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's uh, funny. That, it's kind of strange that you say that when you were talking about the connection between when it looks at you and it and it knows that you're watching it, so uh, we we are in production for the second film for the middle. It's going to be called the Middle Two CE Three. Uh, this is going to be real people, just like Terry. Uh, all these people in our film are real people that have never been on camera before. So I have this this woman out of uh, Arizona. Her name is Jody Brown. Um, she uh, was cat. She lives out in the middle of nowhere. 
in Arizona, right? And it's Gordon or Brown? Yeah, no, Brown, Jody Brown. Oh. So she's a different Jody. Uh, so right. she uh, she she spots these orbs everywhere uh, from a distance, right? So through the months that were going by, she would spot them every night, every night. Her and her husband sitting outside, and then she would start calling it, talking to it, and it would they were getting closer and closer. Now she actually has a video, and I saw the video myself. It's this orb. It's it's close to the middle of the afternoon. The sun's barely going down. And it's literally about a foot in front of her, right in front of her. So this is how close this orb has come to her. So she says it just comes close. And I have, she sent me, man, at least 150 videos already of this. So she catches this every day. And of course she experiences a lot of things, but the connection she started to make with this, whatever it is, and it's a huge orb. I, I, I would say it's probably about the size of maybe a small Volkswagen. Uh, the size of the orb, uh, and, it, and it's smaller. It's it's uh, it's right there on the ground. It's like literally uh, above the, the the grass area. So it's floating there while she's filming this thing. So uh, and and it's kind of strange that you know that uh, a lot of people connect with with extraterrestrials or whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, like just like uh, uh, Mr. Terry Lynch did here too as well. You know, and and then we have the, the Cascadia guides on top of that mountain where they're flying over. And then we have, we've already had a guy in the UK, his name is Kev Andrews. Uh, and he, what he did was he put his spectrum analysis over the area that we found the, the geoglyphs up there on top of that mountain. And there is something underneath. Structure. So, structures. Remember when you were talking about, S, when you were talking about that, that they leave uh, uh, messages behind in rock or whatever, you know, in stone, they, they put all these, well, we think that there's a message there on top of that mountain. We just haven't uncovered it yet. It's just we're only the surface of the other rock that has been uncovered from from that big old geoglyph on top of there. All this stuff is this this next level, man. It's uh, we, you know you think you have it figured out, you know, with with just nuts and bolts and the propulsion systems, and a lot of it is is you know back technology and it's stuff we can do and stuff like that. But some Absolutely. of this. So what do you check this out? So. You're talking about these orbs or whatever, right? The one this lady's the size of a Volkswagen in her in her backyard kind of thing. Right. Um, it, there's this weird phenomena, and let me know, Terry, if you've seen this, but it's something like that orb can be what appears to be beyond chemtrails, beyond clouds, and you can right. see it, and then it gets closer, 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 and then you start seeing them around you, but to the eye. They never change size. When they look like the size of a, a a dime or something to the eye, naked eye, but the, you can tell they're actually on camera. They're behind stuff. They're behind chemtrails. People are like, oh, that's just dust. No, this goes behind the chemtrails. So we know that it's not in front of it. It's not just some piece of dust we're catching. Behind the chemtrails. Comes out and comes down in view and now looks like a little orb, or now looks like a piece of dust, but it's the same thing. So you're talking about the quantum physics of something that is able to expand and become small and to be and to get big. This is the stuff that muddies the water because oh yeah, how big are they? Well, the sun is this big, and so that one's that big. Great, but it became small and it or a 
bunch of them came out of it and when it gave itself up it became small again and then it goes and collects other ones like we're talking about what the hell is going on but have you experienced that like stuff that seems to be coming closer but it's the same stuff you're seeing way out there but it as far as the size change it's like it's very strange to because people are having the orb encounters because it's all around them but it's the right. kind of the same similar shapes and things that are out there as well well yeah there's there's is there is that there's i i had this one location um we call it black hole i did a interview with uh donald out at black hole uh we call it the hive is what we call it black hole hive and what it is is it's a uh cinder cone volcano uh we can actually drive right to the edge of the top of the cinder cone volcano and out over the top you look you look over the edge of it and you're looking down into this lava flow area that's that's, that's a real vast area and from the top looking down it doesn't look all that big but if you're down the bottom it's, it's like 60 to 100 feet up how tall this lava flow actually is so now you're you're on top of this lava flow and off in the distance in between a mountain view between two a v and the mountain you see this this one mountain off in the distance it's got a big rock base on it um that's that's where the start of the wendigo trail starts that's also where i uh I had taken video and I had about uh, 35, it was about 35 orbs come out of the side of that mountain while I was videoing it. Uh, and it was doing it at a very high high rate of speed. You have to actually do the, the steel frame to catch this, you know, uh, with, with the way I found it was actually uh, with uh, uh, Chris Hamill, uh, the, the Australian gentleman, uh, that, that does most of my uh, filtering. Uh, Chris Hamill had slowed the video down. He put filters on it and he'd shown me that these things were slowly popping out of the side of the face of this mountain. And they were all kind of uh, like, uh, oh, I want to say uh, teal, I guess, teal green, mm. uh, real light teal green. Every this... single one of them. Um, now you put that up into the sky, they disappear instantly these things there you go. but uh as it's there it is there you go anyway when when these things start coming out of the sides of the mountains you you end up kind of kind of trying to figure out what what you just seen uh if if it's nighttime because they start to turn into that one that uh more of a fire like a fireball coming and you, you get you get anywhere along uh, uh, mountain ranges. I, I like to I like to use mine, the Cascadia Passage, uh, because that's this is where I'm at. But any one of these mountain ranges that you can get yourself near, uh, if you were to set long enough to observe, you're going to start observing these things as they're coming in and out of the ground. Now, if you're in a long, vast area like the big flat plains, okay. So you so you're seeing um, them you're seeing them close to the the ground as well, right? So it's not just in the sky. Very close to the ground, coming nice. out of the ground, coming wow. out of the side of a mountain. I've got them going over the top of mountains. Um, when I get on top of the mountain, video down, I've got them going over the top of the tree line, and now I'm looking down on them, okay? So what I'm saying is these things are everywhere. They're everywhere all of the time. Um, right now, I can't go I can't go out and do any filming. i got snow clouds everywhere, and i got snow falling. Look at, look at this picture right here. Look at this picture right here. 
Okay, that's now, a perfect you, example. You see the is that the orbs right? you're talking look, about like this? Yeah, yeah, but look to the right of it. Look, look to the right, that dot, you see that? Yeah. Now you'll always see a sphere next to a big ship. So this is way up in the sky. So this thing's a huge, it's actually a huge ship, probably the size of a car or a bus. And you're always gonna see a little sphere next to it. This is how you know that it's gonna be a real uh, UFO in the sky or UAP. Uh, like what, uh, I don't know if you heard of, of Dr. Stephen Greer. Yes. Uh, uh, so so Greer. Th that's what you're talking about Stephen is like Greer, the, the slingshot kind of thing? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that no, no, the, the, there's always a, uh, a, let's just say, Let's just call the little the, the little one on the top right like a drone, okay? It's always watching, and it's always watching the, the big one. They come in and out of these things, and there's a bunch of video of it. But Dr. Greer, uh, he, he talked about uh, on one of his lectures that these, uh, some of the, like what you were talking about, like they come closer, they seem the same size, they get small. He said that a, a lot of these crafts are alive. They are, the pilot controls how this, this craft uh changes shape or form it's biological in other words he says not all of them i'm just talking about some of them so so some of these craft can be biological as well so in other words what you were talking about earlier that yeah they seem small in the sky they come close to you they're small again well they change it can change its form in a sense that way and and uh this is what he talked about because he worked with the military he worked with these uh these crafts himself and with the actual extraterrestrials Hey, but, um, Donald, are you able to pull, pull up a picture of the Cascadia guides for us, by chance? Are, are you is, is able there, to pull up is, a picture of the Cascadia guides? Is there a link that I can, I can go to it or something on a computer? Um, it's on the website. Because that, that was the thing I, I, had a, I had a good friend of mine wanted to do. I showed him a lot of my footage, and he's like, we need to go back into the ancient artwork and see where these have popped up kind of thing and this is what you guys have done right exactly right. exactly okay cascadia it, it uh, turns field. out turns out these big geoglyphs are, are a marker for you when you see something like this on the ground <laughs> that's a distraction they're making you look down not up so what instead of looking down at this big beautiful thing that you're looking at which is cool lay the hell down and look up right, just lay down look up you go down to, to california and Blythe. They've got several of them out there in the desert. Uh, big giant geoglyphs are sitting right along the Colorado River. These things are, are things that, that are signs for them to say, this is where we turn to get to the hive over here. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a stop sign for them. It's or like a, a lighthouse sign. or something, yeah. That's, that's pretty much all every one of those are. Anytime you see a giant geoglyph, it's, that wasn't for you. Yeah. That, uh, maybe for us to marvel at when we stand up on top of a mountain and look down at it, or be in an airplane and fly over it. But the fact of the matter is, is these things, these are, are to guide them to the different locations as they're moving really fast. They need this big thing on the ground. They need that chemtrail so they don't hit the damn airplane. Um, the, I think that personally, I think that the chemtrail, the reason the, the airplanes are putting those out is to let those things know where they're at so they don't lose airplanes without any uh, explanation. You know, mm. all of a sudden, you have a crash. They don't know why something blew up, but but they don't have anything. That, it could have been one of these things going right through the side of an airplane without even thinking twice about it, just going right through it because it got in its way. So if you put a chemtrail out there, now you got this really long line that tells you where this thing's at. Now, if you're moving really fast, you're going to appreciate a really long line to tell you where something's at so you don't hit it. 
like a just, guide. Just a plot. That's just a plot. Um, um, have you have you seen like so so the video that I put out? I've got so much, obviously, uh, but I've, I haven't released a lot at all. But I did release the one. I've got the what I've called the Merkabas because it looks like the depiction that we have of the um, tetrahedron, the six-pointed star, and which is magnetism. Yeah, I put it out. That's what what that is. That's magnetism. Because it it changes shape too. It becomes a full diamond. It like armors Mm -hmm. up or something. It turns into a circle and then flies away fast, just like you're saying, like being able to, right. okay, we'll travel in this form until it's time to take off and then they'll they'll morph. And that's the stuff that's like, I don't know, nuts and bolts aren't doing that kind of thing, right? Whether it's, it could be some type of metal, like we're looking at, there's some interesting footage of, um, what is it, uh, Mercury, literally the name, right? Mercury, the metal, responding to sound and becoming hard depending on the sound or the tone that you the tone, play for yeah. so have, have you have you noticed have you noticed just you can actually look this one up it's an easy one to find you take a giant anvil all right a great big heavy 250 pound anvil and you put it down inside of a pool of mercury what happens the anvil floats it becomes buoyant it just removed the mast from the from all this weight gone. And you know, so there's a Bible floating. story about that, right? Well, yeah, there's that that people story. interpret like literal, <laughs> like it was a little like guys down there with the with the hammer. But it, now that you're saying this, with throwing the the the, the axes and, and the handles in the water, and then they're floating. Oh, it's a miracle! Mm-hmm. But it's obviously for those who are who have the heart or mind to to think or ask it, it's these are these stories are telling something very deeper that's just one of that's just one of the many uh uh superconductive properties of, of uh element 80 mercury i, I sent you some uh, some pictures of the, of the uh, on your instant messenger i don't know if you could, you're, have access to that, it. it's on um facebook yeah on, on the geoglyph that we found on top of that mountain and then uh there's uh, an example of these kind of orbs that probably Terry saw. This is not the one he saw, but this is a recent couple of recent photos of somebody caught an orb up close, and you're able to see the uh, occupant inside. So I sent you both of those. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, I need yeah, that occupant that. thing. That's kind of like what I saw. <laughs> huh. <laughs> so here's so let's just. I mean, kind of. You got to be nice whip, about this. This so. There's a, a lot of weird stuff that that we're seeing. That's right. like, you kind of got to focus. You got to look to the left. It's like, do you see it? Oh wow. Um, some stuff appears more clearer than others. Obviously, depending on the camera, I'm not satisfied with my footage. Right? It's like, what do I need? The telescope. What do we need to really get high quality footage? But I'm getting. I'm receiving stuff from from all over the world, just like I'm sure both of you are, and you're yes. catching stuff yourself some of it better than others but there's a lot of stuff that you get that that i'm that i'm getting from people that it's like i don't know if that's anything like i appreciate you trying and sending it but i don't know if this is anything um so we're in a we're in a field (laughs) we're in a field that's um slippery you know because things are taking shape things are are literally shadows becoming solids and water 
wild stuff and uh, getting so much footage in. But but what you've, what you've just shared here, and I'm going to try to see how I can share it on the screen to show people. This is uh, very clear if it's if it's legit, which seems to be. Oh, it is. Pretty. Also, also so th you know, this I something else in mind. See, I got something else I want you to keep in mind. When, when objects start moving at a certain speed in our atmosphere, they create what's called a hydrogen bubble. Uh, we see that on our Air Force jets, our Navy jets, when they start moving uh, excess of Mach. Um, once, there you go. That's a perfect. That's like what I was looking at. <laughs> now, has this been, now has this been restored? Because I've got footage of these of these things as well, but I've never looked for a window. So now you got me like, hmm. So, so what, you, what you're looking at here is this one was caught in Mexico, actually. Uh, and, and but there's there's uh, on the actual photo itself, it's uh, he shows the the original and that and that part, so people don't don't kind of freak out on it. So what happened is is they he added a lot of contrast to it, right? So what you do is is on a lot of these photos you can add all a lot of contrast, uh, bring bring back bring down the darks, everything like that, and you're able and use a clarifier like an AI clarifier. I've and been searching, man. You got to send me the best one because I've been going crazy trying to find the best ones. And I can't, the AI stuff ain't working for me. Well, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's what they use is, you know how you've seen this on your, on your iPhones where you can actually get an old photo and make it into digital, right? Yeah. Make it a clear picture. Yeah. So when, when a lot of these folks take these photos, they're kind of blurry or a little, a little scattered. They use these programs to clear them up, to yeah. clear up the image. So this is what you get. Uh, uh, a lot of us were trying to tr fix this image because we have the original image, and it doesn't look as close as somebody did this here. They fixed this really nice. Okay, so you do have you the can, original. Yeah, you can actually see the the occupant inside. We knew there was somebody there. We could tell by the shape and everything. But when they cleaned it up and they used uh, this program that was able to clean up the image a little bit more, we we're able to see this occupant inside of there. Yeah. So. Uh, that that's how we were able yeah, that's to. A, that's uh, amazing, and um, I'm gonna have to put these in, in in there. I don't know if these are recording on the camera, but I will try to uh, bring them in to edit them in the final version. So we're not live, so that's good. Okay. But, okay. but and uh, then the other yeah. photo I sent you was is of the actual Cascadia guides that that Terry got uh, on top of the uh, the mound up there. Uh, okay. Do you see the two top ones? Right? The top one on top. Uh -huh. That one. Okay. That's the actual. That's the that's the guides. Those things are huge. What you're looking at right there is you're looking at my drone footage, probably about 150 feet to 200 feet above, uh, uh, and that that those guides are huge. But down there with them, you can't tell, right? Like, can you tell unless you? Oh yes, you can. You can. Oh yeah, yeah, it's... yeah, yeah. You can. If if you're standing next to them, yeah. You can. But you, we didn't get to get a really nice image like we got here until I put my drone up there. Nice. Once, right. once, once I got the drone, we were able to actually see these these stones, uh, you know, and and they came to to shape because of the the mass wasting that happened on top of that mountain. Now, mind you, around all these uh, around this that geoglyph that you're looking at right there, um, it's almost like a sandy thick sandy loam almost. Uh, so when we're walking, it's like walking in real thick sand uh, up there. So. Um, and that, that's what gave us the indication that this got uncovered because you could see all the sand and everything that's yeah. kind of like in between the rocks. And it's only been... Uh, so you guys, so, so you guys, you guys discovered this or is this something that everyone's known about? 
No. I, I discovered it. Really? Yes. It's nobody's seen it. This is why I mean we made this documentary yeah. because So what's the what's, well, I mean, what's the response been from from state or from any anybody uh, with credentials? I haven't contacted them yet. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're not trying to contact you. I, I want to live a little just, bit longer. If I let them know, if I let them know, they're gonna send the university up there, they're gonna shut the area down before I can finish what I'm doing. Yeah. And when we're done, I'm gonna tell you right now, we're done with what we're doing, which we have one more documentary to finish up. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and contact the state of Oregon, I'll contact the uh, University of Oregon. And then they're going to go up there and they're going to they're going to make it to where nobody can go into this area until they do further research okay. so i see we're not allowed to remove anything from this location because it's a national park this is not just a national forest this is a national park mm. this is at the top of the newberry volcano which has the one side called Polina peak okay uh this thing this thing had uh covered up about six thousand years ago uh, when the large obsidian flow was born, and it's one of the largest obsidian flows, in, I'd have to say in the world, that's sitting there at that location. Um, uh, the whole mountain has history. Uh, there was a, uh, a chief up there, Chief Polina, which is how come it's called Polina Peak. Uh, chief Polina took his uh, dog soldiers, and they went up there, this wasn't a good place to be if you were a white cowboy, a black cowboy, or even or even a, a, a tribe or from a different tribe. Uh, these guys these guys didn't really appreciate folks going up into their hunting area. It was a strong location, so they didn't have anybody bothering them. Uh, they actually had to wait for Chief Polina to come out of that mountain before he was he was caught down by the painted hills. But aside of all of that. He didn't know that this stuff was up there either. Uh, this was there long before him. Um, uh, it didn't uncover until uh, it was about 2011 uh, when it started becoming uncovered. And what happens is the snow, yeah, the snow grabs onto it, grabs onto all the particles, and it slowly pulls the, the debris right off the top of those rocks. And once it started to unload that, it also shows all around this big debris field that's around this thing that also uncovered the same way as Trump was saying earlier. It's mass wasting is what it's called. And that that allows us to, to see these things. The longer this thing's up there and the more the more it's up there, the more things we see. Uh, even even Donald had made a, a new discovery up on top of that mountain. Uh, and it's all part of that same same thing. Um, uh, let me let me break this down real quick for before people yeah, go ahead. You know, uh, so a lot of folks, you know, there's there's not a lot. There's a few folks out there that are gonna be like, oh no, these guys did it. They put that up there. They did it themselves. No way. I'm gonna tell you this right now mm -hmm. because we were eight thousand. I come from Texas. Terry's lived there most of his life. When we went up on top of that mountain, I was out of breath every two to three minutes because the oxygen level is so thin that you it's hard to breathe in a sense. So to move that many rocks in that large amount of space would have taken a long time to do, you know what I mean? And it would have taken a lot of effort. And I can Forestry take, would have caught it being made. Yeah, Forestry <laughs> would have, you know, they, we would have been in a lot of trouble, you know? And, and it's this is something that, would, that we know that it's been, it's been uncovered on yeah. its own. There's uh, too much legit phenomena to fake anything. So right. th these people uh, out here faking stuff, anybody who's doing, there's too much legit stuff going on for anyone to muddy the water 
and try to do that and discredit your own work. You know what I'm saying? So that's just silly for people to it, to, to think that. But, but people are there, there are charlatans who hear the story and and they can recreate it and and so many other things that is going to happen. It's as long as there's information out there, people are doing that. You know, there's charlatans everywhere, and it tries to discredit the the real thing, right? Right. Yeah. But in the in the documentary, like Donald had said earlier. In the documentary, I had sent some footage on to uh, Australia over to uh, Chris Hamill. Um, by the way, everybody, he's the lead singer of a band called Cornstock. Listen to those guys. They're good. Anyway, back to it. He got into this, and he he, uh, he got this footage, or I got the footage. He filtered it, and it slowed it down. And these two craft are dropping right out of the skyline. And right when they get to the, there's a little V portion in the mountain. And right when they get to that, one of the craft turns up on in, and it's a bing, and they're directly over the top, directly over the top of the Castidia guides in that video. Um, I had put out I had put out other pictures that shows exactly where you know he's facing Mount Adams, she's facing Mount Shasta. Um, wow. Anyway, this this is this is something that's that in, they did to, to say I what like directions that, yeah. to go. Uh, you can see craft that are coming from over over the cascade from the west and you see them go directly over the top of the guides so i've got footage i've got footage of it <laughs> if if somebody we, said that they made it i want to know i want to know how they're driving that craft over it too yeah we didn't we didn't tell those ufos to go over that area at that same time so terry nope. take a picture they did yeah. that themselves you know so how you know. so how 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 far are you guys or terry from um mount adams Mount they, Adams is that, is that, is, is that location? Uh, are they fairly the close? Or they... State. That's the middle of Washington State. I'm dead center of Oregon. Can you see it I'm... or no? Yes. You can. When when I'm when I'm up on top of Planet Peak, I see as far as Mount Adams. I see as far south as Mount Shasta. Okay, and wow. I see both of them. So from, from being on that mountain, you can see the others. The other yeah, two. From that can, one mountain. Yeah, yeah, you can see California and he can see Washington. So you're in the middle of Adams and Shasta. I, I am in the middle. Yes. And what's your mountain called again? <laughs> what's your what's your mountain? Yeah, I say that as your mountain. That's probably where you're from. But you, what, what's the mountain? Palina Peak. Palina this Peak. Palina Peak is the one I'm on top of. And it, what it is, what's going on here is literally she is looking at Mount Shasta and he is looking at Mount Adams. If you walk up to the edge of the, to where he's looking, if you walk up to the edge of the, the sheer cliff that drops straight down, which it's kind of hard to stand there really if you're not a mountain climber but it's a sheer cliff that drops down and off in the distance you see see mount hood you see mount jefferson mount hood then mount adams way off in the distance and then you come over to the other direction and you see diamond peak and then you see uh where crater lake is right right where mount mazuma is and then off further you see mount shasta way off in the distance and when you get up there with a super zoom camera, you bring them right to you. you, know, nice. if you got a three thousand millimeter. You're you're looking right at the stuff. And mind you, mind you, when we were up there filming, uh, when I f first went up there to go film the the, the guides, you know, uh, after we were there for about a good hour, it was raining on and off. We yep. just, you know, we were walking, we were done, we were walking off, and I happened to have my camera on at the time. Uh, we found. A sphere on the ground, like a, a a shape of stones on the ground, 
Terry hadn't even seen these on on his uh, on the on Google or anything like that. So we walked up upon this, and it wasn't like a fire burning pit or anything like this. This was something that oh. a long before. And then we find out that we went back on on GP on uh, Google, and then we noticed that it used to be like a sun sort of. Uh, yeah, looked like a sun. Looked like a sun, and it's and it's on this other side, right of the guides. And then then when Terry was on, what I found something here about two months ago. There's something on the other side of the guides, uh, on the other side of the female guide that we found there that looks like a trident, almost looks a like trident. A, a trident that's there. Uh, and these are all four uh, geological forms that are on the ground that was put there a long time ago. Uh, and, you know, I caught his his reaction on camera on the discovery and on, on just that, the sphere that we found. Uh, so you you'll see that when you watch the movie uh, there on uh, it's on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. I'll, yeah, I'll have the it's on Tubi as well. What's the best place? Probably yeah. go to Amazon, right? It's the best Amazon place. no commercials. You know, you're paying. It's only it's real reasonable, like yeah. two ninety nine. Uh, uh, and then on Tubi, of course, you're going to get a bunch of commercials in there. You know, uh, if you're into that kind of stuff, but it's yeah. free on Tubi. You can watch um, it there. So what's so I, w- I want to talk to you about the the production and just the you know the reception of it here in a minute. I want to ask you about that, but. As, as we're mentioning Mount Adams, what's your your uh, your take or relationship with uh, James Gilliland and what's going on at East Eddy Ranch? His, have you been there? With his church? Yeah. Um, I, I haven't met with the individual yet. I do plan on, I, I do want to go down. I want to go to his location and observe from the ranch because I, I do know that that's the location that uh, they had filled the door opening yeah. on, up on the top. So I, I do want to go down there, and I want to I want to have some conversation with him. I'm hoping at some point that uh, uh, if things keep going the way they're going, okay, uh, with the way things are, uh, don't don't look at this like we're trying to get ourselves rich. What we're doing is we're trying to get ourselves equipment, okay? Yeah. That's what we need. I need to. The the, the it's nice to have the cameras. It's nice to have the uh, Nikon and all that. How much nicer do you think it'd be if I had a mobile laboratory that I could aim towards things? If I had a parabolic dish that I could catch sounds with, if I had uh, a super zoom camera that came up off of the top of a telescoping old news van that I could aim the camera any direction I want, get up over the tree line. Um, yeah, no, I'm with something you. That could, that you deserve radio it. Radioactivity. You deserve it because you're a student and you and you guys want this to happen and like. Yeah, the people who have oh, the equipment will. don't. It will. <laughs> a lot of them don't care. They're just like, oh, yeah, we got it. Like, I like, I just got a pair of night vision, you know, uh, nice Gen nice. 3 night vision. It's good to have that. I, I just got those. And to be honest with you, I'm not impressed with them. Just because I've been able to train my naked eye over the years, you know, by, by not having them. But I wanted to try some so bad. And I'm in a location where. I'm in the Bible Belt, you know. So for me, stepping out and talking about this, and it it took a lot in in the past. Now, you know, there is money in this. There is consistency that everything that you know these that you've been interested in, you've been you find yourself being led, being guided mm-hmm. by your intuition, if you want to call it that. Some people call it a Holy Spirit or something, a voice, something your gut. There's some kind of instinct that has led you up to this point to be a perfect conduit for somebody to carry this research, this information, this this stuff that's being hidden from the masses. And what better person 
uh, than, than someone who is a student, who is a child at heart, who just is, you're talking about catching the reactions on camera. Here's the, the two sides of what we're talking about is why Jesus chose regular fishermen, those kind of things. It's, it's who they really were on the inside. But if we watch the movie E.T., how two people were having the same encounter, and I know at the end of the movie E.T., when Elliot is sick, and he's, he's, he's in, him and E.T. are both sick, they've become one. They're sharing quantum, each other's thoughts, consciousness, and all of this, but there was an interesting thing at the end, and we're, we, we, we ride with Elliot. Elliot is us, right? And, and, and at the end, the scientists, is, they're trying to catch E.T., they're trying to find him, they want to do research on him, they want to cut him open, all of this. And Elliot's like, no, like, this is a, my friend, this is a, a brother. And, and they, they have these exchange of words, and he says, Elliot looks up and says, hey, he came to me first, he came to me. But the researcher, the scientist says, he came to me too. I've been such a student, I've been an astrophysicist, I've been one who is wanting to to look into this, but falling into the wrong hands, and obviously not can, but it already has. I think it's just now a coming back, if you will, falling into the hands of the general public for those who really have a heart for this stuff. And there's a lot of people who who can't, I say, can be trusted. And that and, and because they can, they're, they're being shown things like yourself, Terry. Right. Um, I, I plan on doing a CE5. Um, there's a there's a location that we have out here called Hole in the Ground. Um, it's it's a mile wide crater that's in the earth out here. Uh, looks almost like a meteorite hit. Um, this location, actually, what it is, is a volcanic sinkhole. Um, there's a bunch of ice on top here, leaked down. There's a volcano underneath. Start to bubble, and all of a sudden, poof, the two turned into this, and then collapse. So you end up with this big, beautiful sinkhole uh, that is exactly one mile around, and it's, I'm not exactly sure how deep, it's very deep. <laughs> it's very deep. It's like, yeah, we, it's, it's actually, it's in the documentary of all places. Uh, we have it in the documentary, The Middle. Uh, I plan on doing a CE5 out there. Um, I've extended an invitation to uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. Uh, CE5 is his baby. Uh, so basically what happens is it's who's ever baby who can do it, who well, can, yeah, who yeah. can, well, who can get the ships to show up. Yeah, that's, that's, now here's the interesting thing. You and it sounds like you can. This, yeah. Well, you can't be armed at this thing. You can't be stone drunk, stupid. Yeah. Um, everybody's, everybody's there with the same mission, the same goal. And what happens in a CE five is they come down and they stand with you. They, they first they appear in the sky and as you're doing what you're doing and you're filming, you see these things showing up on this side of you or over over on the other side of the crowd as you're filming, you see this stuff. Uh, Stephen Greer and, and his film, uh, he had done the CE5. They showed a red being uh, standing next to a gentleman who was like legally deaf. Well, it, in the this encounter that they had, this thing looked like it touched the man's ears, okay? The man could hear right after this happened. He could hear from that day forward. He was able to hear again. Um, they had this on film. This location right on top of Mount Shasta. That's right where I'm at, man. I'm, I'm right on this. This is what I call the Cascadia Passage. 
these things I called, I named, I named those things, the Cascadia guides. I'm the one that found it. And I figure I came up with the right name. I mean, it's, it's seemed yeah. like a good legitimate name yeah. for that. And no, so no, I for feel, sure. For sure. We got to bring another mountain into the mix. You got to do the right. research. Well, you got to see. Who... I feel, I feel like that when I, I had my eye to eye contact, I feel that there was a transfer of some type of yeah. transfer of information that took place. Otherwise I wouldn't, Honestly, I don't think I would understand physics the Listen. way I do. I don't understand the greater math. I can't I can't write out the formula, but I understand the natural version of all of this. This is this is what Dr. Feynman said. Uh, he said, not everybody's gonna understand the greater math. But if you can if you can explain physics to a three year old child may understand it, then you understand it yourself. That's why I'm having fun talking to you guys. That's like, it. Like, who do you, like, you can't really nerd out. Let's call it nerd out with the technology and even the spirituality. Some okay. people nerd out on the technology. I get up, I get up almost every morning about uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, and then I get up and, and I nerd out. What I do <laughs> is I get on and I go to Stanford University's physics department, which is on YouTube. You can uh, find Dr. Leonardo Suskind. And every single one of his two and a half hour lectures is on there. I've watched them already about three times each one. We're talking upwards of 700 hours of material. Um, what else you got to do, right? <laughs> anyway, it, it only takes it only takes so much time to learn everything Mr. Yeah. Einstein put out. It only takes so much time to find out uh, Dr. Brown's work. It only takes you know, every one of these physicists all have a cutoff point when they're when they die. So you you can kind of read all the way of their material or or see all their material or learn everything. And you don't have to you don't have to be a rocket scientist to well actually you wouldn't be a rocket scientist if you're working with magnetism, no would you? Anyway, <laughs> if you're dealing with particle physics at least. Um, uh, he is, he's a, uh, Dr. Leonardo Suskind is the uh, lead uh, physicist in string theory physics in the world. Um, and he gives, he just gives you the course for free. Ever since I saw that, now first off, like Donald was saying, I used to love my beer, I like to drink, shoot, I like to, that, that was my life. Ride my Harley, go out, just, just do that stuff. That's all I did. Well, I sold my Harley since I've seen this. I don't ride anymore. Um, I climb mountains instead. Um, or I will be climbing mountains. As soon as I'm not injured, I'll be back to climbing mountains. Um, anyway, I, I like to go to the top of mountains. I like to get camera gear. I like to do this this whole new thing of, of videoing things. I still have the guns. I have to have the guns when I go up into the mountains because I'm not really afraid of the UFO people. I don't think that my guns would do much to them. But it's bears and cougars and all kinds of things that like to like to see this guy that can't outrun anything. I, I got to be able to at least have some kind of stand. So we, um, we did, we did have a video like, of the making of the of the middle of the, of the making of the documentary. Uh, we do have a small twenty minute video. It's on Alien Strand there on on YouTube, right. uh, and you'll find it on my Leds Productions too. It's it's there too on on that YouTube. Yeah, and about a twenty minute, and it and it shows you what what we did, the hike that we did, um, everything that we went through to go record this movie and film this movie, um, and and it's it's about twenty minutes long, but it's 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 a good thing and watch it to the very end because it's a it's got a, a nice <laughs> surprise at the very end, after the credits. 
So after the credits, check it out. I'm talking about the 20 minute, uh, uh, the making of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, man. This this stuff is so exciting because I think it's uh for for us as a society, it's coming back into the into the open again. It's like what was only for the priest class or for the top lines of the government, which they I guess feel it still is. It's now trickled down to whoever's interested, and all you got to do is ask and go out with your cell phone or whatever. Um, it sounds like you're kind of already tapping into, or at least a perfect candidate for the CE5. Um, initiative for yourself for that that mountain so are you are you experiment experimenting with asking them to come or tapping into meditation you're, you're talking about you're still getting these downloads so most likely they're around you either cloaked or whatever sending these things these thoughts and, and information to you telepathically so for you oh. to get them to show up with a group or that kind of expectation uh, uh, expectancy I, yeah I feel like I feel like we're gonna have contact that night um it's the the passageways and the pathways that we have in this location um i'd be placing the group directly underneath their their pathway that's literally why i say we should go to this spot um it's real easy you find you find a place that's kind of a hot spot some place that you've heard a lot about ufos and before this you didn't really hear much about it except you heard stuff at shasta you heard stuff at Adams. Yeah. That's it. You never heard anything about what's between the two. Okay. Well, this is the pathway. This is where they're going. They're going between that mountain to that mountain. And when I say, when I say uh, Cascadia Passage, now keep in mind, this passage goes into a diagonal. You remember how I said it goes off from, and it splits out from the equator? Well, this right here goes down to a finite point out to the Grand Tetons and the Rocky Mountains. Okay, you know where Jackson Hole, Wyoming is? Okay. Not right off. That, right off. That's also the middle between Mount Shasta and Mount Adams. That's also another middle point. Now you got a now you got a triangle. Okay? So anything that falls underneath that triangle, there's you wouldn't believe the things and the objects that are on the ground. There is a geoglyph that, that uh, we discussed it a, a tiny bit. Uh, while we're up at the top in the middle, uh, when, when we, me and Jonathan are sitting and having a conversation beside the Cascadia guides, I bring up, there's another geoglyph that's uh, out a place called uh, Antelope. Antelope. Yeah, it's the Antelope Refuge. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, Antelope Refuge. Antelope Refuge. It's, it's uh, they call it Heart Mountain Antelope Refuge. And... Um, out in the Heart Mountain Antelope Refuge is a place called Fluke Lake. Well, right beside Fluke Lake is a giant geoglyph. Um, we're talking on the scale of miles in size, all right? If you walk down into the Antelope Canyon, which is right beside it, you'll see a petroglyph on the side of the wall. And this, this big petroglyph that's on this wall, if you were to turn it up like this, and it's basically that's what's behind it. It's this giant geoglyph. And the whole petroglyph is everything that you're looking at. If you were like above it in a balloon or an airplane or something. Yeah, remember, remember when uh, when uh, Terry was talking about the spiral thing uh, that how we all see those in those in the geoglyphs or petroglyphs. Yeah. Well, in that geoglyph that he's talking about, when you when you go above uh, Fluke Lake, uh, go to your Google Maps, look down, and you're gonna see that spin. It's gonna be like a spin. 
uh, of a big geoglyph. Huge. I'm talking huge. It's massive. And miles. Uh, uh, that's how big this thing is. So Almost looks like dozers put it up. But keep in mind, this is an animal refuge that's pristine. Nobody's touched it. Yeah. Nice. Nobody. And, and the Native Americans are the only ones. And it's kind of crazy how you were talking about how uh, Terry, you know, how they communicate with Terry and how maybe they, they planting the seed for him to, yeah. to get more disclosure out and just to get it off, get it out there in, in, a, in, a, in a way to where people can understand, right? What he was talking about physics. Well, you're talking about uh, Tesla too. Like we know that he was talking about being in touch with or with alien technology or, or, or waves that were being downloaded to him and from... Right from another planet or from the air anyway, you know, right. so. Yeah. And those, and those, those are the conversations that me and Terry had. Uh, he, we, we just talked about this a few months ago. He said, man, you know what, Donald? Man, I was supposed to meet you. I don't know how, but I was supposed to meet you. We were, this was supposed to happen. And he, he, he tells me these things, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I, I think you're right because now, you know, we're, we're pulled into something that, we're starting to dissect little by little, little by little, and and we're starting to show people how to do these things and how to uh, and have these podcasts with you as well, you know, to show folks that these this stuff is real and it's out there. Uh, we're just trying to figure out what it is, you know, and and, and uh, what Ter like what like Terry said, you know, I was I, I was supposed to meet you, I was supposed to do this, we were supposed to do this, man. Uh, and he goes, don't don't tell me how I know this or what makes me yeah. think. I, but this is supposed to happen. Yeah. He, you know what? It's been unfolding for the past you know year year and a half now. Yeah. Uh, and the, the film actually came out on January twelfth. Nice. It was released uh, on on Amazon. So uh, what's the and, reception been like as far as the uh, um, UFO community and the viewership? Is it tapping into the algorithms now that this stuff is going on, like putting putting this stuff out yourself and kind of having your own, you know, budget and have to do it yourself, essentially. Like, how's it been to be independent and take on a big task like this? You know, is it is it reaching a we lot of people? We get thrown on Facebook, Joe, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the process though of, of putting this all together i mean i did all the editing uh my son helped with the sound you know we we all put this thing together it took me four months to edit this whole this whole and, and it's this this movie's an hour and 17 minutes long uh for, so for each one minute of film you're watching in there it took me four to five hours for each one minute anyway uh by the time we got it out to, to platforms it took two to three months to get all the you know dot the i's cross the t's yada yada all that good stuff uh, and it's actually doing very well out there on amazon prime you know we've getting we're starting to move on as far as rankings there's a major ranking system uh we were like at 247,000, which means that the larger number means that we're still in the back we're now moving to a hundred thousand so the lower the number, the better the rank, the better we're doing. So I know that the film's doing well, and and it's not, and it's 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 a very budget, low budget film yeah. in a sense. But well, you did it was great, done. Though. You, you know, a lot great. of we've gotten a lot of applause from the way it was done, mm -hmm. yeah. the way it was put together, and and just the message that was uh, that's coming out of it, especially from the UFO community. Now Terry's in about 17, 18 groups of, of UFOs, which have you know couple of thousand people in these in these groups right and we've got nothing but love and respect from a lot of these folks that that what we're doing is, it was a wonderful thing you got you got nothing but love and respect there so you got like some of the dusters or i've been researching this phenomena for years and you guys are just catching but you said all of it's been 
positive be, for the most part. Don't get me wrong. We'll get one or two, you know, bad eggs. <laughs> you're going to no get a troll in there, you know. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing that I learned from uh, a lot of uh, film directors and stuff. You know, at first we, I was looking at the, 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 the comments and, you know, some folks, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. A lot of people love the Titanic. You sit there and you watch the Titanic right. over, you know, oh, it's a great, wonderful film. You're going to get that one guy. Contrarian. Oh, I hated that film. It was just oh crap. You know what I mean? So uh, you're gonna get, you're gonna get that. So we're we're we start we start kind of stop looking at those things. We're pushing forward and forward to for more disclosure. And and now we have a group called Alien Strand uh, Disclosure Project. So we are starting that we started this, and this is with a bunch of ufologists, right? Uh, that have come together, and, and and it's very. There's only like what 130 of us there. So and all of us. Majority of us are there are ufologists, but then there's like about twenty percent or thirty percent are people that are learning yeah. and want to, and want to learn how to be a ufologist. Invite so me to the group, please. I need to, I need to nerd out with you guys. And, you yeah, know. yeah. AS, we'll, ASDP is what we're called. The ASDP yeah, ufologists. We'll send you an invite, uh, and and it's by invite only. And and then on right here. So what we do is we uh, a lot of the folks in, in in that group would throw their own videos out there, their own photos out there, and we all analyze them together as a group, and we kind of figure out okay, this is here, that's there, is that real? Is that might not be real? Or you know, majority of our stuff that's on there, I'm going to say about 98 percent is going to be real. So you know, that's that's how we do it. <laughs> Darius, it's too early for that. What are you doing? <laughs> So uh, it's just one of those. There's an Irishman somewhere in me. So uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things that, that uh, th that's what that group, what we're trying to do. And, and you know, it's, it's a small group, but we're, we're, we're teaching people how to do this. You know what I mean? And and and, and learn to respect it in a sense to even, uh, like I have another page where, where my Alien Strap podcast is. Every once in a while, I'll get trolls in there. And I always no, there, everybody yeah, want the, the, the love and support is big because the trolls are out there. And, uh, well, let's say not even trolls. Trolls come a dime a dozen. Gatekeepers. Gatekeepers. Those are the ones you got to watch out for. The ones who don't want you to take their platform. The ones who won't let you share the film in the group because you made it. Right. A fan could share it. Hey, check this out. This is awesome. But if, oh, we if run Donald Lee is promoting his own film in our group like those are gatekeepers and they are in ufology my friend and they are they try to control the narratives and it can't be what you say it is because we own the stable and own the market and i am the prophet who they chose that you got all of that in there so all of the love and the shares and people resharing and buying and <laughs> supporting <laughs> it goes a long way because there's such animosity with the gatekeepers that listen you didn't invite us to your table we'll build our own table you didn't let us borrow your night vision goggles or your nikon we'll buy our own nikon because the people want this and you'll find out with the support which you're already receiving and hopefully my audience listening to this you guys will 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 hear me and 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 tell you guys to go check it out because we need to we need to support this for sure like um thank you when I, when, I mean, when I click the link, I get stuff like this all the time. You know, this is a growing industry, if you will. And to see what that what you guys were bringing to the table, that's like, oh, wow. It's similar to what I'm seeing. Now I got somebody that I can roll ideas off of at least. And, oh, it's nuts and bolts. So, yeah, it's our government. Because you're going to have people 
that are that's all they know. They're not. You can't tell them any different. They, right. It's only dust. Right. It's only dust. They haven't encountered it. They haven't experienced it. And so right. to have people who are open for the conversation, who are like giddy, like a kid, when it comes right. to this, this is where, this is the energy that, the that people, I feel they work with anyway, so. And we're the people that have the boots on the ground, just like yourself now. Now you got your boots on the ground. Now you got your, your, your feet planted in the dirt. Now you're taking the pictures. Now you're shooting a video because you saw something. Terry's the same way. He's got his boots on the ground. Anybody can jump on a computer and say, ah, that's not real. Or that's not, that's great. That's CGI, whatever. <laughs> but you actually took the video yourself, you know, and then you're trying to prove to the world, this is real, man. I just saw this and it's on my camera, right? Uh, you know, when you talk to folks like us, we're not going to shun you, man. We're not going to do that to you. You know, we're, we're going to show you exactly what you're seeing in this guy. We're going to teach you how to do this right. And that way you can teach somebody else. You know what I mean? So that way, when it comes to being in a different group and, and somebody gets trolled on or yeah. shunned on or whatever, you can actually say, no, you get their photo, you 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 analyze it, you put it in your spectrum and you post it on their on their comments. This is what it is. Bam. And right there and then they shut up. They stop. Mm-hmm. They're, they're quiet from then on because they know that, you know, that what you're doing with your boots in the ground, you're, you're trying to figure out exactly what you're seeing, just like we are. At least you know? you're trying. Yeah, at least you're trying and um, and, and sharing. And exactly. um, man, it, go, it, go, it goes a long way. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to um, like I said, I watched it, but I think I put it on fast forward. You know, there's this, when we bring in so much, you know, information, man, it's like, okay, I just gotta, we, we watched we watched the movie The Whale the other night and I watched all of it until I fell asleep at the end. And my um, wife, I'm like, hey, what happened? And she's like, we shouldn't have fell asleep. So I'm like watching it in between stuff. And I like got it on, like turn the speed all the way up. So he's talking input, yeah. input, input. I just need the input. So I want to go back and, 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 and watch it in slow-mo, watch it in real time. Um, I kind of did to uh, to the footage what I do to my footage. <laughs> Either slow it down or, or, or fast forward it to really see what's going on. But to get the gist of it, to know that, uh, man, I want to have this conversation with you guys and and, uh, and promote your work and you. encourage you to keep doing it. And uh, we're getting to the bottom of some interesting things. Um, maybe we'll never get to the bottom. Let's say that. But, you know, it's it's a hobby and it, it, it is a spiritual connection. It's, it's helping so many people with these films and and just be you going out there spending it. They don't know what goes into this stuff. They don't know how many yeah, hours you, you sit out there or stare at the computer slowing stuff down. And, oh, is that one? Let's edit it. And then now they get a photo. Oh, that's crappy. You don't know what it took to travel what up the mountain, took. to capture it, to bring it back down, um, all that. So salute to both of you guys um, with your you. boots on the ground. One, one question I, I do have here towards the end. Have you seen anything, if not all of it, that has scared you? Is any of this, is it scary, if not all of it, right? It's nonstop intimidating. Um, but the level of intimidation, uh, first off, when you're on top of a mountain, um, you can look down and you can see an ambulance way up in the distance or a fire truck or a police officer pulling somebody over. But you're up on top of that mountain and there's nobody else up there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, something goes past you. And you, you realize that something went past you. You're sitting there. Here's, here's the one that's going to really make everybody feel good. You ever feel like you're being watched? They are. OK? 
they are watching. And that's what it is. That's what you're feeling right then. That's your inside intuition is telling you right then when you feel like you're being watched and you're looking around to see if there's somebody standing in a building or behind a tree, look up, man. Look up first. Just look up first. If you hear something that sounds like a mountain lion, look that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, for sure. yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool that you touched down on the people that you call the gatekeepers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, we've run across several in our time. We actually had, had them in the ratings, like, like Donald was saying. We had a couple of them. We know exactly who the people they were. They won't let you come on their podcast. It's just right. Like, well, it it's, it's worse. They, they hit us on the ratings, and they give us they give us this real horrible thing, and they forgot. They, what they forgot was that we're researchers. First off, we're researchers. <laughs> so we're going to research who left this we're, comment. We're worse than any cop or detective there ever was, right. because <laughs> we're looking for things nobody believes in. Yeah. Okay? So we're, we're researchers. And and we know how to we know how to figure things out. It's real simple. Yeah. When they put the region that they're from on their on their email, and like they're trying to be little keywords. Yeah, little keywords. Little keywords. Little keywords that you see throughout their whole thing that you've seen them viciously say to other people. Yeah. So we we I'm not I'm I'm like that. I'm not going to say the person's name or any of that. That's not what I'm about. What I am about is. Just remember, if you see the reviews, know that that individual, uh, he's mad because he wasn't invited. That's that's basically what it was. He wasn't invited along the way. He In the beginning, he was invited, but he decided that everybody else he was better than, and it had to all be his way. And it wasn't his documentary, <laughs> but it had to be his way, so he decided to assume another name and, and give us one of the worst reviews. Yeah. I think he called me a gray-haired idiot or something like that. Oh, you hear all, the yeah, we hear all kind of stuff. But but again, that <laughs> negativity, listen, that's why the positivity means so much. So every good comment, so for you to go to watch it and to buy it and purchase it, make sure you click that five star. Make sure you say, oh, my God, this is awesome. Or if you have criticism, let it be known. Let you know, let it be known to research because we pay attention to those those things and we pay attention to the real ones and a weird thing, sometimes they let people comment who haven't even watched it or purchased it. I've got right. like, because I've got the same thing. I got a book out, and they let they let people comment and, and rate without even seeing who it, right. didn't even buy it. And, it. and the rating had something nothing to do with my book. It had to do with this Man. person does this on their website. It's like, right? What's that got to do? With the price of rice in China? Like, yeah, but I, probably with me, I, not with I the book. I am grateful that they did it because it's the only two on there. It's yeah. the only two yeah. <laughs> that are on there like that. The rest well, of them well, are people you could clearly tell seen the movie. I mean, I know you asked the question of the fear of it, uh, yeah. and I'll, I'm going to answer yes. my yeah. part. So uh, at first, you know, I, I, my thing was not the fear, but was the uh, uh, just the, the, the questionary part of it. You know, what is this? What are these things? That, the inquisitive. That's me. I'm the inquisitor. I, I just, I'm just kind of wondering what these things are, right? So... And then once I started doing my podcast, uh, my podcasts are about like a lot of stories, older stories that from the past, 1940s, 1950s, abductions, people that go through these things. Now, I through all those stories that were told and all those, you know, that were put down on, on the books, on the books, you know, that these were different kind of beings. You know, some were nice, some were not so nice. 
you know, uh, a lot of them did these bad things to you. Some of them didn't. They, they treated you like human being. You know, they, they treated you like a person, like love and, and, and compassionate. Some were just after your blood or your eggs, you know, or they were wanting to dissect you in a sense to, to try to get some kind of information or something out of you. There's these, there's evil ones out there and there is good ones. So when you go out there and, and try to, to, to call these things. Now, I don't know if you've seen this show called Missing 411 Documentary. Uh, but he, he on his documentary, he talks about that a lot of these people that go missing in these areas, they're always alone. They're always alone or they get separated from a group and then they disappear and you don't see them at all until a month later, wherever, you know, on top of a mountain somewhere where they couldn't get on top of. Right. How did they get up there? Or, or you know, well, of course, they're deceased, you know, because it's, it's been a long time. But when you do these things, the fear is there of that. There is the fear yeah. of. Okay, which one am I crossing paths with today? Yeah. You know, uh, it, but majority of them, I, I, me personally, I just think if they want to communicate and communicate, they will. And I'm sure they will. Uh, those will probably be the good ones if they come to yeah. you and talk to you, you know, things like that. And it's not talk to you, but kind of communicate in that sense. Yeah, show up. Like I'm under the I'm under the impression, which I think most of the world is now, that the people who are running things aren't the best people or connected with the best intentions. So um, knowing what, what they know and knowing who these are, who these people are, I, I feel like the good guys are better than the ones who are running things now. Let's say that. So there's this hope, and I know that's where religion and all that kind of stuff comes from. But with that being said, there's all there was that fear for me of going out and doing a CE5. Are you really going to do it? Um, and, and it was like, you got to move beyond the fear somehow, or you'll never do it. You'll stay home. Hey, it'd be a cool idea, but what if the bad ones come? There's a scripture in, in the Bible, and it was a staple for me uh, when I started going out. But uh, it's where Jesus says that um, if you ask your, your heavenly father for a fish, he's not going to throw you a serpent. He's not going to give you a scorpion, something that's going to hurt you. If you ask your heavenly father for a loaf of bread or, or sustenance, he's not going to give you a stone. Uh, and so how much more will your father give to you something good? If you ask him, you're not so going out, what is asking? What is prayer? Obviously that can be broken down to intention. Like my intention is to come out here and to make contact and I come in peace. Um, you know, or you can say the prayer, the kind of thing. And so that knowing that or, or believing that, um, helped me to go out and say, Hey, Father, God, whoever you are that created me, will you allow me to see one? Can I see one? Will you allow one to pass by my face if they're traveling back and forth from heaven to earth like the Bible says? Can I see one? And then I started seeing them. And then it started evolving. This is years ago. This is in 2008. And wow. um, so, but you move beyond the fear. But it's yeah. still... But I think the deeper you come into it, you know, you got to keep doing it because the more research you uncover, you find out new things and you find out, you know, that there were ancient gods that ate humans or, or people sacrificed other humans to other gods and the Mayans even. And oh, supposedly these things were going down. So, yeah, like, you know, the, the, all the questions are there um, because we don't know the narratives and, and, and probably like we've been talking about, there's a bunch of them that overlap in a bunch of different types of beings. But I think what you attract or what you 
your intention is, is what you see. I think that's how the spirit world works anyway. And I think that they're traveling back and forth through what we call the spirit world. Yeah. I mean, they could have, they could have taken Terry and his son that night. They could have. Maybe they They did. They didn't. You know, that's they, a fast Subaru, though. That's a very fast Subaru. Yeah, but he, and they waved, <laughs> waved kind of like waved <laughs> and smiled at him. So, of course, you're you're talking at some, something that saw him or whatever he saw was intelligent, of course, and was communicating with him some way. Some way that probably you and I have not uh, uh, been able to experience yet in, in the way he experienced it. So to give him that eye-opening or mind-opening uh, 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 something happened to them. You know what I mean? So, uh, are there bad ones out there? Yeah, there are going to be some out there. Good ones? Yeah. I'm, and just like you said, you attract the good ones. You you attract the good ones. So, Terry happened to be there at the right time, at the right moment, 5.30 in the morning, you know, during a lunar eclipse. or And, and it just, you know, he happened to come across something that he had never seen before. And that's what... That's what this film is about, whatever he found afterwards and everything, you know, it all came together. It all came together in like in one big, I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, like a, a, a like a plan, uh, you know what I mean? It's, like a bunch of just, orbs coming together, forming a ship. There you go. Came together there like that. <laughs> there you go. It you, know, came, you know why they want to duck me? Because I'll steal their ship. I'll be all about it, buddy. I'll be yeah. all about taking it from them. Yeah. <laughs> Swing by your place and show you what I got. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm telling ev- I'm telling everybody, you know. <laughs> like you'll keep it to don't, yourself. Don't leave, no. Aliens don't leave the keys in the ship if I find it. Gone. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Man. I got friends um, all over the world. Well, I want to see them. take your car. I'll take your car. If you, <laughs> I don't know if you guys checked out any any of my work, but obviously I'm I'm a, I'm totally into this as well student and um and i do music so i've been doing hip-hop uh rap about uh ufos and stuff for for years now and so i've got rap songs about the mountains and mount shasta ufos up top mount shasta jerry is a fire all that kind of stuff so if you guys need music for the soundtrack music for the movement i want want to hear one of your raps on mount shasta and the ufos donald what's the chances of that being part of something <laughs> oh yeah it's a high probability chance that's a high probability dude you you just said i think we were supposed to meet him today yeah i think so too. soundtrack i am certain <laughs> i love it man and people I, I love sprinkling it out there for people who don't know it right because that's what you're man they don't they don't see what goes they only see what you show them exactly they don't see the hours of of and i'm at the point now which i'm sure you are terry like certain days it, there's so much footage. Which one do we zoom in on? Have you seen that where like the sky is like littered with craft? Yeah, I have. My okay, so my wife caught something that neither me or my stepson saw. We all went out. We walked to uh, Palina Peak. I can see Palina Peak perfect from the edge of my driveway. So we walked out to the edge of my driveway, and my wife saw what looked like sparkles going across, almost like almost like a firework had, had went off. Uh, she's the only one that saw it. it. It really ticked us all off because it was the first one she had seen. So, <laughs> but none of us got to see it. Um, it was it was quite amazing when you see these things like that for the first time or sees it for the first time, 
and then everybody else was like, what happened? Where was it? You know, you got a whole group of people looking around trying to figure out what's next. Um, Cause you don't know what to look for until no, so you now, because now you so do though, look for something types. shimmering. You know? Now you were saying something earlier about different types of craft. Think about it this way. Okay. How many cars, how many different types of cars and airplanes and boats and different type of craft do we have on the planet right now? Just humans. All right. Different modes of transportation from a skateboard to, to a wind belt, uh, hang gliding i mean we have all these different types of crafts they have the same thing okay they have all the same stuff they live below us they live above us we live right here in the middle above That's, and below there's a, i don't above know so and below i want you to i want you to remember this one okay same as above above and below are the same yeah as Water? above is so is below Water. Do you understand? Do you understand that? As above, so is below. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to say any kind of witchcraft or any crap like that. What I'm saying is that saying, that little saying, yeah. as above, so is below, meaning that below us is another whole city's life, everything. They've got their own structures. They've got their own. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you if they're sitting there watching our podcast right now. I can't tell you if they're walking along a wall like a damn lizard and catching bugs because, you know, that's what they might eat or whatever. But they definitely know how to fly a craft. They know how to move around. And they found a more simple way than we have. If you keep in mind that this planet is a big engine creating electricity the whole time, every time the Earth spins, which it does not stop, it spins. You got clouds moving the opposite way, right? You're creating a friction that becomes static electricity right here. Rub your hand on a balloon. You got a balloon that will stick to things. Anyway, the clouds, the, the hydrogen and the helium and the, all the wonderful things that are up there. I mean, it's, it's like a, a river up there. Ask California about rivers in the sky. Anyway, you've got, you've got this river flowing above us. You've got oceans below us. Things are buoyant when you put them up in those clouds. Things will float. Things things that shouldn't float float there. Okay. Uh, think about think about that uh, the anvil thing I was telling you about with mercury. Yeah, in the water. You take you take the mercury. You put the anvil inside the mercury. All of a sudden, the the anvil's buoyant. Okay. That's a two hundred fifty pound anvil. It's floating in this liquid. Mm -hmm. You can move it around like it's nothing. Okay. Science. You got science backing you up. You got science backing you up on all this stuff. It shows you that it's an applied thing. It's something we can actually use. Um, don't look at, at quantum as as witchcraft. A lot of people want to look at it as witchcraft. Uh, quantum fields, uh, uh, things, simple things like uh, photons. Uh, all this stuff is things we 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 see, we observe. When Already you a photon, you observe a photon it dies that moment. Each photon does what's called quantum entanglement. You've got a photon here, a photon here. They're going to meet. And that's what their job is. That's all they do. They meet. And then uh, you can you can do simple experiments like uh, this, the two-slit experiment that shows you how light itself becomes something that can go out like a water fountain. You know, it, it flows out into different columns. When you put two slits on a wall 
and you shine a light through it, you end up with, with a whole bunch of columns on the other side. That's, that's because those photons are flowing like water, light flowing like water. It goes any direction it wants, just like water, okay? Photons will bend. They'll go around a planet, okay? So when we're observing something, we're looking at a planet, all right? Like something's looking at Earth, and they want to see around us. The light actually bends around, and we actually see the stuff that's on the other side of that planet because first off, one, it's distance and proximity, and then the rest of it is bending the light. And that's how we see so well with telescopes and things like that. You see all these wonderful giant wells that spiral down in India and all throughout uh, all these different countries. You notice how some of these look like giant keyholes? I don't know if you noticed, but a lot of them look like a keyhole. What this is, they're not a well. I mean, yeah, you can go down and get your water, you can get a drink from it, but that's not what that was built for. That was a telescope. Everybody says, what are these things? They're all telescopes, man. You're, what it does, it gives you the dark tube that goes all the way down to the mirror, which is the water. And now you can take, a, and I would use a pair of binoculars, but they would use like a looking glass. And you look at the images that are inside the water. Now you've captured that light and now you're going to amplify it that way. They made a telescope. These are ancient tools. Everything's ancient. Thank you, by the way, for looking me in the eyes. I would have never been able to guess this on my own. I appreciate it all. Hey, man. This is amazing, guys. It's a big deal. And, uh, yeah, everything's coming. Everything you you want to even play with, the, the, the technology, it's all coming. It's all going to be funded. It's all coming to you. And so you can do bigger and better things because you've used what you've been given and you guys have been trusted with it. You're going to get way more. It's amazing. There's so much out there for you to experiment and to see and to put that posture of your heart. That is your prayer. Right. And say, right. can I trust you with it? Yeah. These guys are, these are good dudes. Let's do it. Keep being good dudes. And you're going to keep my suggestion. Them. My suggestion is see the middle, learn yeah. what true disclosure is. Once you've seen our documentary, you're going to want to see the second documentary. Each time you see this, it gives you links, not only, not only going to see this, but it gives you links to, um, alien strand disclosure project. I'm, I am the research director. Uh, Donald Ledesma is the director. Um, we have different ufologists from around the world. Uh, once you've seen this, it's kind of a nice way to shoot yourself right in to becoming a ufologist because what you're learning is true disclosure. And this way, if once you've seen our movie, you have more of an understanding of who we are, what we are, what we want to try and achieve here. Uh, again, we're not trying to get rich. We're trying to get equipment. We're trying to get ourselves to where we can become something that lets the people know exactly what's in the skyline. I want to. I want to become the integrity of this type yes, of thing. Yes, that's good. Um, you know, guys, guys like Giorgio Tukolos, uh I like his hair, man. I wish I had. <laughs> I would love to have his hair. I would do the same thing if I had that kind of hair. I guess. Um, there's some good uh, people out there. There's some. There's some people who maintain their integrity. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, yeah. And those but, but people mean see, a you lot. See, there's, there's, there's different people out there. You end up, you end up with different people. We've lost one. Uh, there was a dedication to uh, John Edmonds. Uh, he was, he was in this document, or there was a memorial to the, okay. to him in this documentary. He was yeah. supposed to be in the documentary, mm. but he had passed away in the process. 
Uh, he owns Stardust Ranch. It's uh, down in Phoenix, Arizona. It's got its own whole story to itself. It does. Uh, down in Goodyear. And uh, he's written books. And he, he talks about it. It's called the Alien Ranch in Phoenix. And they're sitting along the side of the Estrella Mountain Range. Well, on the other side of the Estrella Mountain Range is one of our Alien uh, Disclosure uh, researchers. This guy this guy's sitting over there. On the other side, Atino Gallegos, and this guy has nonstop footage confirming every single thing that John Edmonds had to say. John Edmonds didn't know him. I love that. Uh, John Edmonds didn't know Tino. Tino didn't know John Edmonds. I introduced the two of them. They became friends just before John died. Yes, right before he died. And John Edmonds got to experience oh, kind of like walking with the Grays. Wow. So they, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, he got to experience that before he died. So, uh, but no, I, he had I just, some violence. He had some violence occur with it too. Mm. Yeah. So it's that's like he said. It's just a story on its own, you know. That that hopefully we can. Maybe yeah, this is what I know. Listen, with us being, I say, kids or nerds of this, we could talk for days and hours, and we do that right with our podcast right. and with our media and and, and and putting stuff out there. But man, we could keep going. We we'll have to do another part, man. Let me know. Uh, right. We'll do it again. I, I talk about this stuff all day. And, and I know you guys can too. And anytime you guys want to come back on and do this, let's make it happen. Go to right. Amazon, type in the middle UFO, the middle documentary. Throw those keywords in there because they help associate, right? And guys, watch the documentary, buy it. It's only a couple dollars. Make sure you leave the five-star review as I've done it. And I'm going to do it again And because uh, it's good stuff. So, man, let, let's do this again, man. I, I enjoy this stuff, man. Most definitely. Thank you for having us on the show today. I really appreciate it. You know, sure. I, hope, I hope your audience learns a little bit about us and about the documentary, about the whole process of ufology. And then we just go from there. You know, we'll be glad to get on another show. Thank you so much. For sure. For sure, guys. Thank you all so much for Thank coming you. on. You're also welcome to come join us at Alien Strand Disclosure Project and become a ufologist. Um, I'm going to take a look at your work specifically. I'm going to see if you qualify as being an actual ufologist in our group. I don't qualify. Um, Depends on who you ask. I'm clergy. Here's what I do. As I take a look at it, and I have uh, other people take a look at what you've done and the types of things that you're reporting and how you're doing it. And if it turns out you have your own procedure, it's, it's you know how procedures work in science. You have to have your own procedures. When you have your procedures and you share them with us and we share ours with you, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. As long as your procedures are working and you're doing it your way and you know how to do it and you're actually showing something verifiable, I don't care if you see it with your eyes, if you're showing it with camera, it's it's perfect, okay? It doesn't matter how you do it. There are so many ways to do ufology. There's not one way, not just one. There's several. Anybody who gets set in the one set mind, they can. They don't have to bother becoming part of this. I was we that at nighttime. You, you got to go out yeah, at we night. Don't, we don't want you to tell us how to do it. We already know. Okay, right. there's a bunch of us. We already know. But what I do want to know is how you do it. That way, I can try it that way too and see if maybe I get something on that result. Well, I've been That's thinking what about this is about filming outside of the sun, but the sun has been like. That's why I want to even ask you, have you guys been filming the sun? Like, have you guys done yeah, that? We've and... been getting a lot of, there's a lot of particulates that move through past. Uh, when I say particulates, I call them particulates because I'm into um, um, uh, particle acceleration. 
that's that's what I see them as is this is their science project. They're sending one this way. They're sending one this way. They're coming back from around the world and they're meeting back at the craft and going in. Okay, they're grabbing their data. They're coming around. They're going back in. Well, let's okay. end with this. There's a, I think it's Salvador Dore who has a picture. I think that's who it is. And I, I showed it on my my um, Mercaba video. But go watch watch it. The algorithms have been really good to me on Facebook on that video, Mercaba. It's like one of my biggest videos right now. But um, I, I shared. So there's rain. This is so many. There's rainbows around the sun, right? Like yeah. like the sun. You start seeing prisms. There's spectrums and colors of light. Um, and that thing gets big. It, 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 it's right on the sun some days and other days it gives this uh, illusion of what you uh, what, say illusion. It's called a sun halo, but it yeah, becomes uh, really big. A corona. It's, it's a corona. And the sun's in the middle. And then there's two lights on the side of it, I see of, that. The, of the rainbow. And it's like, I'm catching this anomaly. Some days I can't see it, but I bought a pair of um, dicyanin aura goggles, which block out certain UV rays, so right. it's like turning like welding, the gamma welding hood, Like a welding hood. Yeah. And so, but then I was like, oh, wow, that's what the chemtrails are trying. That's what that, why there's so much activity. And now I found they've never let this thing show up on like, look at it in all of its glory. Let's say that. Let me behold it without you tainting it. But some something's going on. Anyway, there's this old painting, Salvador Dore, of these myriads of angels around the sun. And some of them seem like they're going one way, others are going another, and it's just angels like types, and it's just moving out. And with some of this footage of the sun, you're talking about spinning them both ways and generating energy. Like around the sun, there's energy that, that I've got filmed that when you turn the gamma up, you can see that spinning one way, it, it, it is a wheel within a wheel. Like looking at the sun, look, and then in the next layer is a different color, and it's spinning the other way. And then inside of it are beings and ships that are going with the motion as you're coming out of the sun, man. Like th this stuff is just so mind blowing. But the ancients knew they've been hiding it in their religious iconography and, and art and those kind of things. It's, been a beautiful thing to kind of uncover and see it with the technology. Do you technology. know the sun's name? Do, do you happen to know the sun's name? Which one? Ours. Soul? Soul. Soul, correct. Correct. That That's exactly what it's called, the soul. Now, it's also the nucleus of this giant molecule that we're in. We're part of a uh, molecule. If you look at how a molecule is built, you'll see that there's a power source, which is the nucleus, and it has... Uh, electrons, neutrons, you know, you got, you got all these different little things that attach to it. We have, on us, we have a little moon that's attached to us and a quantum lock. Um, it, it, it all shows up identical to particle physics. Now you're moving particle physics into astrophysics. They're the same thing. We are the makeup from one end of the universe to the other. Everything is identical. Yep. It's all made up of the same stuff. Earth is becoming a sun. Earth is, Earth is becoming a sun. In a sense. In, in a, a sense. sense. Well, yeah, let me ask sense. you this. Can can some of these so-called ships be their own universe that's becoming a sun? 
There's colors around yeah. them. Yeah, they have well, here's, here's, here's another another thing to that. If if you think about it, go all the way down to subatomic, okay? Go to the subatomic level. You go to, uh, there's, I'm not sure how you'll take this one. It's called the boson Higgs. Uh, they call it the standard model. You know what that is? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, that's the where collider. you collide two particles. Yeah, you collide two particles, yeah. and you get a, and it's a reaction. Yeah. And oh, they call yeah. that the, that's the Big Bang Theory. And what happens is, is these two particles, when they hit, bam, it throws off stuff this way and it scatters off this way, kind of like a shotgun blast. And you got poop. And now you got rotation, which is which is why they call the boson Higgs, because there's a rotation happening and occurring. And it's it's like forming little planets. All of this stuff is just a little tiny uh, universe or galaxy solar system. We'll call it a small microscopic Solar system. Souls. All these things are taking place all at once, instantaneous, and they're gone just that fast. Now, our entire life, millions and billions of years of here, could be just that, an experiment to us that seems like millions and billions of years, and it could all just end instantly, right? However, we seem to have these things. We got, we got hands. We got all this wonderful stuff that teaches us how to become resistant to things like we end up with a sickness. Uh, we're more like a resistant bacteria because we know how to fight it. Okay. We live on the surface of something. We overcome that surface. We take it over. We're kind of a cancer because we destroy stuff as we're moving along. That's what we are. We're like a bacterium that's moving along the face of this planet. Probably something one of these aliens got rid of on their planet because we take stuff. <laughs> yeah. We take stuff. Well, you mentioned you mentioned chakra at the beginning, and in the middle of the chakras, chakra. you have a solar plexus. You have a sun, mm -hmm. a light within each one of us. Top of your head, you got your north pole. You've got your south pole. And when you have a north and a south pole, just like our planet, just like our sun, uh, everything everything has to flow. We have an electric flow. That flows through our body. We we put out things that we want in the world. We sometimes we can manifest those things just thinking about it. Sometimes it takes time to manifest. I'm manifesting. I I manifested a documentary. Guess what? I met Donald Ledesma. Hey, listen. What else you want? <laughs> you you ask your father. Along. Put it, it out there. It put it in your out, heart. This guy. It turns out this guy knows how to make movies on top of it. I mean, he took he took a really small budget, and once you've seen this documentary, you're gonna go, "How did he do it on that budget?" Yeah, it took time, it took a lot of time, it definitely took education. That man knows how to operate a camera better. No, than it me. was. It, I said not <laughs> was. It shot. is great. <laughs> he knows how he knows how to operate a camera better than me by a long shot. Um, I, I ended up I ended up meeting up with somebody that knew how to do the job. He did the job perfectly. He believed in me. That was probably the hardest part of all of it. Honestly, if, if you walk up to somebody who knows how to do all the stuff Donald knows how to do, and you got my story, he he better he better have irons in that fire because if he don't, he's gonna laugh at you before he hangs up. <laughs> There's something so, in it, that's, man. That's it just... what it is. You have to have somebody that knows what they're doing and knows the subject, and knows how to take that subject seriously 
and and use it. Yeah, and, it doesn't, and, doesn't laugh at you. It doesn't laugh right. at you. you know what I mean, and so, actually takes a subject and, and realizes the person is not kidding. They're telling you exactly what yeah. came, and they saw that this is this is what it is. And I I got to tell you, out of all of this since since this documentary and all of this has started, uh, Donald. Not only did he believe in me, but he, he put this whole thing together and he's he's brought something really wonderful to uh, uh, disclosure. People are able to, to, to see this art that he's done because his end is very much artful. I mean, he, no, there's hours, sure. there's it time. It depends on how you tell you know, the story, man. It yeah, really does. he's telling the, music, the story. He's making sure it's getting out. Toning, lighting, all of it is beautiful art, man. Guys, we'll do we'll do this again. I know we can keep going on. I I totally can. Love this. Great meeting, you guys. <laughs> send me send me the the link. I want to join. I want to share. You know, I haven't shared much of it. Only little pieces. But um, I'd love to to just roll ideas and uh and see where we can take this. And I'm gonna be taking a journey up to, um um, Oregon and and um, Washington soon. And maybe we can connect while I'm up there too. I'm, I'm going up there with family. But I'm also being asked to do retreats and CE5s at Shasta that maybe we'll do this together, document it, sky's the limit. Awesome. Or is it? That'd be beautiful. Or is it? Yeah. Maybe it's just let the me, beginning. Let me know when that CE5 is taking place on Mount Shasta. I might show up with uh, uh, Oregon Ufology Research. Maybe we'll do something that. together, man. We'll, we'll make it bigger. Make it yeah. better. You're right. The sky is the limit. I got that. That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right, guys. Many blessings, y'all. We'll do it again. Thank you, brother. Have All a good day. Your so much That does it for this episode, folks. To hear more episodes of the Truth Seeker podcast, head over to truthseeker.com. And if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truthseeker. 